All right, everybody, welcome to another BTR stream. I'm your host, Love Polyakov. We have got quite the stream for you today. We have got Bimbo Uberman joining us here, as well as Bella, aka Chaotic It Girl, as well as Alicia, as well as Default Friend. We are going to have Athena Hyatt coming in later on today. And of course, we have the king of simps, Giovanni Panicchiani. Oh welcome, God. my friend. Just torpedoing my character right off the bat. Um. <laughs> Uh, this is first of all, can everyone hear us on like in the comments? Can I, I, I can actually hear you like on, on the uh, anyways. So we're going to talk about um, let's see. Well, <laughs> the woman question, I mean, <laughs> it, just, it rolls off the tongue, the woman question. But no, I think um, Lev, I, I was sort of mentally preparing for the stream. And I feel like if this was 2016, the vibe would be different in the sense that we'd have like the stereotypical, like I know, you know, trad thoughts, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I've, I've said this before. I said this when we had Alex Kashuda on, there's a new breed of, 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 of a E intellectual woman out there, dissident E woman who uh, is really like trailblazing in terms of taking that, you know, feminine perspective with a bit more of a serious tone to it. That isn't just like trying to, uh, create parasocial relationships with a bunch of incels and simps. Although I'm guess that's probably going to be uh, for time immemorial. That will always be a condition of man. But uh, yeah, so we've, we've had uh, our good friend, uh, chaotic it girl on. We've had uh, who, what well, we have all new faces. We got bimbo Uberench, default friend and Alicia. So who wants to go first? We usually do introductions. Well, Bim bimbo Ubermensch, uh, you are on the cover I think that means yeah. you should go first. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Tell us about your hair, by the way. You have like a big, like kind of like mushroom cut. I don't know what to call it. It's uh, it's gi gigantic. What's um, going on with the hair? Uh, it's basically a personality trait at this point because, no, I don't know. It's just my hair. It took forever for, for me to figure out what works on it since time, like I was a youth. Um, oh, and by the way, can you talk a little bit louder to the mic? You're a little bit far away. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Everything... Okay, what... We're talking about my hair, right? I yes. put a shit ton of mousse in it and then hairspray. And then, you know that stuff that looks like cocaine, but it's not cocaine? Like the, the volumizing powder? I put that in there, too. And last week, I just got my first um, curling iron. That's what that is. Okay. Yeah. This is gonna become a beauty tip stream. That's. Gonna... Um, but yeah. what is my hair? Uh, it's for my my job as a a diversity hire. Um, to get pictures taken of me. That's it. Yeah, that's my hair. It's not. Well, it looks great. like a it looks like a lighter version of Jerry curls. Jerry curls are supposed to be much more. Uh, much more complicated, right? And this is like a lighter version of the Jerry curls, not as, not as small, yeah. not as. It's just every girl. There's diff if you have curly hair, there's different types of curls, and it, it runs the gamut from like two A to four F. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, and my mom has curly hair too, but she straightens it. It's just everyone's curls are different, and uh, I just put an ungodly amount of hair of mousse, and it's. It's almost like an exorcism every morning. Is it, how, how long does the whole thing take? From usually 15 minutes at most. Because I that's, step that's into not the too shower, bad. Then I come out. 
Then I put in like an ass load of mousse. And then I used like Elnet hairspray or the Tresemme hairspray, you know, all drugstore stuff. And then I go on and then I use a diffuser and then I go on with my life. Does this make your hair flammable? Can you catch on fire easily now? I think you could. I mean, let's if, find out if you, I guess. If well, you like Michael Jackson. You remember Michael Jackson and the Pepsi commercial? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, I guess there could be like hazards if you use like, you know, it's an iron and you put it on your hair too long. If, especially if you use like products with alcohol in it. But I try, I try not to use stuff with alcohol in it because then it dries out the hair. But yeah, I, I don't want to talk about my hair the whole stream. That's like, that would be insensitive. Don't, don't worry about Lev Bimbo. He, he has these weird fixations. So go on about it. So <laughs> no, but let's so tell us about yourself. How did you get involved in uh, on Twitter? see? Well, well, modeling, but also like online politics, not politics. I mean, what, what would you call it? The discourse. Let's the, the discourse. I'm only on like the discourse because everything. OK, so what happened was I was on Instagram and I was balls deep in the theory gram. Fake gang, if, if anyone knows what that is, you know, universe on Instagram and what happened. And that this was in the midst of the lockdown. So. In Canada, the lockdown is draconian, like yeah. more so than anywhere in the States. Um, it makes California look like Florida. Um, and so would you, I'm bored, like a bored housewife and underemployed and still waiting for, you know, I was still waiting for the Canadian work permit. I just got it like really recently. So, you know, my industry got shafted and work is only starting to pop back up again. So I was online. And I had a fake younger account on Instagram. And then it got yeeted because Instagram is more censorious than Twitter. Um, and then I resurrected a Twitter account that was dormant since 2018 in college. And uh, I was like, bimbos can be uber mentioned too. And I didn't even know bimbo Twitter existed. But I... So you're in for a wild ride after that, pretty much. I guess, I guess. I want shit to open back up again because then I could have, I could do stuff. But now we're, now I'm uh, dealing with a glut of home renos. I didn't choose this lavender, the previous homeowner <laughs> did. So there's, the, I smell paint fumes and stuff. So if I got dumber, you know why. <laughs> Very good. And how long have you been a model? Oh, uh, since 22, I, I was a public policy major uh, for undergrad. And then I got scouted at a hotel for like, you know, I was there for like some events. It was like some fashion related event because I thought I was going to maybe go into textiles like Ryerson, just do some schooling. Um, and then and then a lady found me, a really statuesque lady who was like a, um, a, she was a, she was a chemist, but for cosmetics and she used to be a model and I was talking to her because she was, she was very intriguing. And she said, you could do it. Uh, and she said, let me link you up with my friend who's now a mother agent. We used to model together back in the day. And then I went to a modeling competition. And I was like the oldest maid there. Everyone else was like 14, 15. And uh, then I won the competition, even though I was like the oldest one or one of the oldest. Yeah, the oldest one. I was definitely the oldest one. Um, it was like toddlers and tiaras, but for like 13 year olds. 
Um, and then, yeah, that's what's happened. So I'm really late. I'm like a really late scouted person. So yeah, now, now stuff's picking back up again, but like, who knows what the fuck is going on. Um, and yeah, just vibing. I'm just normal, really. There is one thing that's abnormal. There's a slight whistling sound going on uh, in your audio. I'm not sure what exactly. That is a lawn mower guy. People are mowing. Ah, I and... see those damn lawn mower people. Why don't they leave the grass alone? What did the grass ever do to them? But anyway, that's gonna that's gonna go away a little bit later, I'm sure. And uh, one thing I'm curious about is when you say the word "link up," that's a word I recently heard apply to uh, spot 'em, got 'em. And pushaisty, which if you don't know pushaisty, it means fluffy in Russian. Pushisty. Pushaisty. But anyway, is that a recent is that a recent expression link up, linked up? Or has it been around for a while and I've just been living under a rock? I think it's been around since I don't know, I it's twenty seventeen. No, older. It's like a you know what that is? That's no, manager. That's manager term. speak. That's a manager speak term. Yeah. It's like let's link up after work. Let's take this offline. We have to network. That's yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't sure because originally I thought when I saw that photo, I thought it actually meant that they were going to have sex, that they became boyfriends <laughs> now. And uh, I mean, we did get all those uh, copy pastes from how much uh, that guy wanted to have sex with uh, uh, Spot Him Got Him. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Spot Him Got Him. We are here to talk already, about already. <laughs> already. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> yes. Who is all, who else is new on stream? Uh, Alicia, well, tell Alicia. us about yourself. Please save us from this. So, <laughs> I'll um. try. Um, let's see. I kind of stumbled into the Twitter discourse uh, sort of the same way. I've been on Twitter a lot more since lockdown. I'm here in Germany. So speaking of draconian, I think we can outdo Canada in terms of the lockdown policy. Um, so yeah, I've just always kind of been lurking, reading, I'm not much of a poster myself, but love to comment. So I think the longer you stay out and the more you do kind of get tracked into certain yeah, discourse you get spheres, let's say. Um, so I've been an admirer of you, Bimbo, for example, from afar. Um, but yeah, I'm, my sort of day job is I'm a medical student and a neuroscience major. So kind of oh, wow. something a little different, um, yeah, and I'm so, half German, which is why I'm here. So that's kind so of the hopefully, intro. So uh, hopefully, we can facilitate you becoming besties with your favorite woman posters on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, the, that's the entire agenda here. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, what's the situation Please like in Germany? Please give her some follows. We need as as yes. our allies get stronger, we get stronger. So <laughs> yeah, only fifty-seven followers is not enough. We need more followers for her, and no. also subscribe <laughs> subscribe to this show right now, everybody who's listening. By the way, uh, Alicia, when it comes to uh, the state of Germany, not mm -hmm. just in terms of the pandemic, but in general in terms of relations between the sexes, uh, do you notice a difference today versus, let's say, uh, when you were young, uh, like a, a five years old looking around like uh, or 10 like what is the difference you're noticing today in society in germany not from personal experience because i certainly wasn't dating when i was five years old <laughs> um yeah that's an interesting question so i mean i basically missed um my dating years in germany so i moved back to the states when i was 12 so i kind of had like my 
adolescence and early adulthood in the States. And then I came back. I don't think I actually noticed that much of a change. I mean, when you're small, you don't necessarily pick up on a lot of this. So I don't really have the longitudinal compare and contrast. Um, but like do, what the older, notice... older girls told you, uh, I don't know, like certain things you may have picked up on as far as the vibes from uh, there is like the, a culture shock at all. Or if it's yeah, like... I mean, there's definitely differences between the States and Germany, for sure. I just couldn't like compare within Germany because I haven't been here the entire time. But yeah, there's definitely market differences. I feel like Germany culturally is always a bit behind in some ways. So I feel like a lot of the like very sharp edged feminism kind of hasn't gotten here yet and i hope it doesn't because i don't oh, wow. really feel like uh as much as like i think people think of germany as like the socialist hellhole or something especially people in america um it's yeah i feel like the tensions aren't as high here as in the states i think people don't necessarily define themselves along those lines um yeah i have some theories as to why but yeah maybe we can get into that later and the default friend, you were here we for a bit on, a, yes, on an earlier stream, but uh, you did not have that much of a chance to speak, so I would love to find out more about yourself. Why are you the default friend as opposed to any other kind of friend? A default friend is a friend who you call when, like, the first friend you wanted to hang out with you is busy. Um, <laughs> and I guess I've, like, I've always kind of felt like that, like I'm always available, um, but I'm not necessarily the first choice. Uh, so that's that's a default friend. Oh wow! Interesting. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh. <laughs> but you, someone and, needs to do it. It may as well be me. If we lived closer, uh, you'd be my first friend. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. But it's and how funny, did you? Uh, yeah. No, but just that aspect of I guess what what of like what of like Zoomers, the post Tumblr people call emotional labor. How like people can like selectively. Um, but you, but you are a prolific uh, podcaster, Substack writer, dating advice columnist. That's like bringing back the genre from its 2010s death. And uh, yeah, I follow your work fastidiously, and I think you're one of the best uh, uh, the, uh, femme posters out there, for lack of a better term. Thank you. So, yeah. And what part of the world are you living in right now, default friend? I'm always sort of all over the place. I am currently in Miami um, and I'm actually, I'm camera off because well, one, I'm at work. So I'm, I'm you know, I need to keep up appearances. Um, but two, I was just outside and it is very hot and everyone else here saw me, I'm a real person, but I, uh, I have definitely looked better. <laughs> so I am no, don't, so don't, don't be ridiculous. I mean, Gio, do you care if she's sweaty? You're probably sweaty as hell right now. Well, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, no, I do not care. Um, I mean, well, I guess inevitably we'll talk about the the beauty standards thing, but um, no. But default friend, um, you, you're you're pretty interesting in that you you have this unique capacity to either invoke ire or love of of your your personage. So I don't know. You have this very polarizing effect on people for some reason. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe I, I <laughs> like I said, maybe people are getting used to the idea of there being a certain set of um, more serious posters of the feminine variety that uh, that maybe you're telling very hard truths that we sort of like are, you know, gut instinctual like 
2010's Manosphere stuff has like shielded and hardened our hearts from, and it's uh, it's it's very interesting to see the interactions that you've gotten, or well, everyone all here, including like Bimbo and uh, especially <laughs> Bella, the interactions that you you've all received online, uh, <laughs> both positive and negative. It's quite something else, but yeah, maybe you could enumerate how how you were such a polarizing figure. I think um, I think if I just picked a lane, I wouldn't be as uh, as polarizing. I think I just confuse people because they don't really know if I'm like right wing or I don't think anyone ever has confused me for a, a, a left wing person, but they don't know if I, I'm more right wing or like a shit lib. So I think <laughs> someone poetically said that you are the middle zone between Alex Kishuda and Ayala girl, which I thought was kind of fucked, but like that was, uh, yeah. But it's crazy because that's actually like a, you know, really huge gulf. So I, yeah. that, oh, that kind God, of kind you of can't get me. more different. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's, we're, you know, um, Bimbo has said this many times before, and I happen to agree with it. If, you know, settling down and, you know, getting married and having kids at 30 is trad, then we're fucked. And I think that kind of explains. <laughs> yeah. I, by the way, yeah. Lev, if you could plug it, I recently just finished listening to the Fed Post episode with Bimbo Ubermensch, which is very good. I hope we all live in Bimbo's, uh, um, Bimbo Caliphate, as she calls it, where we'll all get state subsidized uh, uh, beautification uh, rituals. So, and good food, and uh, we'll all live in the uh, Israeli, uh, you know, tight fit is uh, IDF women uh, state. So that'll. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, looking for it right now, but I also want to say we are going to have black black compelled on uh, break the rules in the coming months. So uh, yeah, look, look out for that. Excellent. We're solidifying uh, alliances here in BTR, but. Um, I, I want. I wanted um, to specifically. I guess we'll get right into it. Um, it came up a bit. We had our good, good friend who is also a woman, allegedly, Aiden Paladin on the Lev's art stream. It came up with her because she's, of course, a science nerd. So she was giving us some statistics, uh, some data. I forget the exact theory she said, but I wanted to specifically talk about first and foremost the tweet, the viral tweet from Bella that came up about two or so weeks ago where that, that forced you to lock your account because of the uh, trans furries that were going after you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that was brutal. That was terrible. Honestly, I, it didn't affect me. I was like kind of having fun. I was like, okay, yeah. thanks for giving me attention. I fine. I but, don't care. I'll mute but, it. But you know, what's crazy though. What's crazy is that you had, um, like virulent post manosphere incels posters, such as myself, uh, defending, de coming to your defense. Like I remember Lo-Fi Republican and my, our good friend, my good friend Yerk, who we have to get on the show, both of them actually. But that tweet, um, if you could phrase it for us, what was the exact wording of the tweet? It was about sexual dimorphism, in, more or less. Yeah, I mean, my, the whole point I was trying to make is that, you know, uh, the whole polar polarity of masculinity and femininity aids in like sexual passion and frisson. So it, it's just, 
I don't think that that's that controversial. And I didn't really even mention andro like physical appearance androgyny. And then people were like, oh, but what about David Bowie and, um, yeah. and you know, Prince? And I'm like, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was also thinking about um, like the uh, androgyny, more of behavior, even though I know androgyny means physical appearance, but like women um, taking on more of like a masculine role in society and then men perhaps, you know, not feeling like they have enough room to be masculine. <laughs> um, and so just kind of like that, uh, that dynamic is just, it, it kind of leads to a weakening of, um, of the feeling of other, you know, and that just does not, uh, it, that just takes away from eroticism and love and passion in my opinion. And, and, and it was trans furry specifically who got after you. Yeah, yeah. They, they were like, well, my sex uh, life. Is that furry. such a big community? <laughs> Unaware. On Twitter. <laughs> after they murdered uh, Tumblr, the almighty. What kind of Venn yeah, diagram of people? Over to Twitter. It's, it's been awful ever since they, they migrated. The, uh, the yeah, claim... the trans furries were um, yeah. very offended by it. But the claim that specifically that they were like, while people who are um, like either trans or non-binary were like, we're the most sexed up people in, in human history. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that's yeah. They said, well, we're territory. we're always horny. We're always fucking each other. And it's like, well, okay, but. <laughs> but it's not, I, I think to me anyways, what that symbolizes is, again, I don't hate anybody personally. I, I have to say this. Um, I think it symbolizes a weird sort of detachment from eroticism and the sexual act itself, because there seems to be in those communities, other things that are influencing their capacity for hypersexuality. Whereas that sort of either peters off later on in life, or it's, it's a weird sort of half status symbol thing, but also I guess the politics of sexuality, like post-sexual liberation after the orgy sort of society that we live in, it's sort of like the, the raw physical act now becomes a supplicant for what used to be these very intangible feelings of eroticism. And sort of like all of the, to me anyways, eroticism itself is something that has been absolutely, like in Default Friend, you know, goes into this in our podcast after the orgy with uh, Personality Girl. Uh, absolutely just been decimated through the 2010s like through the, can eroticism even be nowadays is another question so yeah um i think like the sexual deviance um is just a sign of a collapsing society um and i i happen to know and be acquainted with a lot of people who are in like the bdsm community and um, I know that there are places in San Francisco, you know, right where I live, um, where people can like go to a warehouse and just like have sex parties and like do crazy shit. And, um, and you know, I do what you want, but at the same time, that is, it's just like, that's turning sex into a performative act for like, and it's, it's just for other people and there's no intimacy left. And that's, yeah. I think it, sometimes that's the point, by the way. It's yeah. sort of 
fear of intimacy. So you kind of transfer onto like this performative thing that everyone agrees, okay, this is what we're you exactly. know, like going to get horny about. So it keeps the other people and people are scary because they have feelings and their own will and their own agency at a distance. And exactly. I feel like it might be the same thing in like the BDSM community. Yeah. There's so much detachment there. And, um, you know, I think that that's a really interesting uh, aspect to explore. Well, even like BDSM, I remember my, my good, good friend, I consider him apart from uh, a few other people in life, one of my best friends, uh, Matthew the Stout, amazing portrait paint, uh, artist. He he lives in like the heart of London, and he was telling me how like utterly like boring and typical. Um, what's that thing called? Uh, torture garden. Do you know about this torture garden? Um, it's like this BDSM thing in London. It's like one of the oldest BDSM like public festivals. Um, um. And he was saying how torture, there's even a, by the way, there's even a death in June song about it. Um, And he was saying this, how like terribly boring and pastiche it all is like these bourgeois, like, well, they call it middle-class people that go and like dress up in their, uh, you know, they're, they're like Michel Foucault in the seventies leather get up. And it's, uh, (laughs) their chains and their whips and stuff. Oh, Bella, there's, oh, go on. No, but I I was going to say, I think it's really indicative how, like the disconnect between, um, for instance, if you read that one chapter on Desaad from uh, the Dialect of Enlightenment by Horkheimer and Adorno, Hork Dorno, uh, they talk about how like that was about this sort of like proto-capitalist domination. It's not like whereas modern BDSM, they like to think of it as this like limit experience that they're like achieving some greater depth of eroticism. But I don't know. I mean, there there always has been in throughout human history like some weird connection between like the oedipalized and the, the the torturous but at the same time it's like nowadays the fact that it's like everything else it's become like commercialized it just gets tm bdsm tm oh, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah well there there's another thing i noticed in a uh, frank hassel video where he was at a uh, I believe a gay pride parade and oh, God, uh there was the uh dog man you know sad. the B- you know the bdsm outfits where they have like the scooby-doo pup nose play, they call it, yeah. yes pup play and i noticed that the guy who was engaging it he had a very serious demeanor I don't know how to describe it. It's like there wasn't any irony. There wasn't anything like, oh, yeah, I know I look ridiculous. It's like he was so serious when Frank Hassel was pursuing him. It's almost like if you notice the people who are not serious, the people who kind of play along with Frank Hassel, Frank leaves them alone pretty quickly. But well, it's, uh, it's not the interesting op- content. That's, yeah. Well, that's one thing. But the other thing is I think that people take themselves so... Why? That's what I'm curious about. Like, why do people who wear this ridiculous stuff... I mean, sure, you could say they sexually get off uh, doing it, but why do they also have the seriousness about it? Hmm. Interesting. By the I way, don't know. That's just God, what I noticed. Your, I just noticed. You have to change your back, please. <laughs> please. Do you guys know who that is? I call it the fertile textile that's what i call it <laughs> you know the legend of messy tales you'll know uh yeah but <laughs> i don't know i mean it's it's really weird i mean um how, how do like well well bimbo how do you how do you relate to uh because i i also have a cousin who's in the fashion industry and uh he but more of like the the marketing side of it how do you re- like you're in an industry that's very dominant with a lot of different uh people of all sorts put it that way but what what do you you talk about this a lot that sort of 
changing sexual dynamics, but also like something behind it that that's there's something deeper going on in, in sort of like how people relate to each other, but also relate to their own experiences of not just pleasure itself, but also like through pleasure, there's an identity, which is really weird. It's never happened before, I don't think. Um, no, that's a, re I think, God, I am so out of it, the paint. Um, I think that the heart, at the heart of it all is really change, like a changing political economy and structure, which in turn changes these relations. And right now it's seemingly gynocentric, but ultimately managerialist. And I think that the egregore of technocapital makes it so, you know, not only are you changing these relations, but everyone is ending up being relegated to like a virtual sort of reality, the virtual option. So you see the dissolution of the biosphere, like in real shit, in real life shit, to this like technosphere. So basically you have like a pixelated sort of eroticism and everyone is so okay with like showing their nudes but for some reason no one's dating or fucking or sucking or doing anything like yeah. it's really truly one of the most sexless times i've ever seen we hook up less than our parents did we we do basically everything less than our parents did like they do you, probably do you think it's fear do you think it's fear of being disappointed, of being rejected, of and also of being a, a lawyer, of somebody lawyering up and suing you for a sexual assault if they change your mind, if they change their mind on uh, the evening? I think it's part of that and part of like the whole, you know, security theater. And every time there's like a new catastrophe or thing, there's the bureaucratic juggernaut is like, let's have more rules, let's have more regulations. And I'm not even a libertarian by any stretch of the means, but you know, I think what we're seeing is like, every time there's a new crisis and there's new rules surrounding it, whether that's social interactions, whether that's terrorism, whether that's this pandemic, maybe, I sound like bootlegged Gombin here, but every time there's a new rule, what happens? Does it really get retracted or does it just no. stay there? It you, most of the time just stays there. And that's happened in everything from airports to how we interact with people in bars. And so people are so okay and so afraid of the real life that they're okay with a close enough approximation to reality. They go on the apps, they're okay. They're content with swiping till God knows when. And then they, they lollygag and they don't meet up, which is unfortunate because I've actually met my husband on an app and the app can be a great conduit for meeting people in real life. But most people just kind of waste their fucking time because they're scared or the real life options, the real life choice architecture of approaching someone in person is now deemed creepy. So it's basically bye bye gone. It's like, taboo and so you you're basically relegated to staying on the online app um and i i think that's that's basically it's not just intimacy but it's also work it's also how you shop and i really do think there's like a top-down sort of elite driven impetus to make shit that virtual and that online hmm. yeah 
There is also uh, sex work, which I saw somebody doing a post. I wonder if it was somebody on this uh, stream doing it, where uh, they were talking about how uh, there was this uh, recent exhibit in New York City, I believe, about sex work. And this word sex work being used a lot more. So there we still have fucking and sucking, although probably less sucking and more fucking. But uh, either way, we still have something that's uh, closer to our animal urges as opposed to just doing virtual stuff. But it's also being, I don't know, I mean, sex has always been commodified to a certain extent. But do you think there's a difference between sex work in the uh, in the past and sex work now? Did you ask me that question, or, just or anyone? I guess anybody really. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Anybody's right, fine. I'm just like I was looking. I'm. I. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm like clinically ADHD. I've never gone into psychiatrist <laughs> that way. But I'm looking at the comments. This comment thread. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about that. It's uh, <laughs> one person. In the chat says uh, lies with a. Uh, explanation points lies more femoids are more degenerate at maximum now more than ever people think yeah. that I'm, yeah mulata no guys i'm just crypt i'm just stealing valor once again i'm other i'm other ethnically ambiguous yeah she's, she's sex work yeah, oh, I didn't want to. No, I was just thinking about this. I was uh, thinking about when this started. It does seem really recent. And I don't know where it came from. Like, I would like to know who was basically introducing this term, whether it was something that people used to describe themselves. If, if it was like this new sort of like bourgeoisie like sex work class, like I hear I'm thinking of like, you know, OnlyFans, like high earners or something mm -hmm. like this. Um, but that used to be called mistresses. That had a name. Like escort, right? Like, for, I feel like people who did I'm that. I'm excited to jump in on this. Yes. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I feel like sex work, yeah, paper's over now. I, I see why it's a term now, because the paper's over some of the ugly side of basically selling your body. I mean, there's obviously prostitution, which no one likes the word because the association is completely different. So now when people say sex work, you immediately think of like the most beautiful OnlyFans girl, just super classy, super safe, nothing bad ever happens, rainbows, ponies. And so like, I see why this term is stuck, but yeah, maybe default, you have an idea of where this came so from when it started. It's also so people who aren't actually doing sex work can steal valor from streetwalkers. Ah, okay. That's true. Uh, basically. So it's I mean, like stealing the edginess without the downside risk. Yeah. So I don't know exactly where it came from, but I've been hearing the phrase sex work, I mean, for like at least 15 years. Um, okay. I, it was, I mean, there's always been activism around sex work, but... And I, I don't, I actually don't know the history of that, but it does come into the mainstream vernacular when you have mm -hmm. people on Tumblr who are, you know, camming for 20 minutes a week who are suddenly sex workers because there is a huge, I mean, there was a huge thing. It was, I mean, it was a fad. It was a fad between like 2008 and 2014. And yeah. now we're in like the advanced stages of, of the, the sex work cancer. Um, and it, it really, I think, we don't use it. That word isn't only used to pretend that uh, streetwalkers don't exist or other forms of, you know, of prostitution en masse, basically. But it's really because there are, you know, we are all sex workers in a sense, right? If you use the loosest definition of the term, and some people want to do that because suddenly they're edgier, suddenly they're more oppressed. Um, we don't really hear the term oppression Olympics anymore, but this mm -hmm. whole like sex work as a trend thing was certainly 
certainly like part of that, like part of that whole Tumblr vibe. And it's, it's, I feel like we've mostly forgotten about Tumblr, which is so weird, mm. but it, I, I really was never on stage. Tumblr. So full disclosure. <laughs> well, they're all on Twitter now. So that's, mm. yeah. By I the way, by the to... way, real, real quick. I just want to say that a uh, Bimba Ubermensch, there was a bit of a feedback from your audio this whole time. It was very slight. Can you put some headphones on? Cause that way that's going to block the uh, feedback from going on through the uh, headphones. Cause I noticed like, as soon as I turned your audio off, every, uh, that little, that little bit that I heard in the background went away. So, yeah, see if you can find some headphones right now. Or if not, then they could just be like mute, unmute, yeah, mute, unmute. Yeah, either way. Yeah. I can't hear you right now, though, because right now you are muted. And I want to say to everybody, subscribe oh, for Bimbo Ubermensch, getting it together, making it work. I know she can definitely do so. So there is no problem right there. But see if you can find some of those tangled up Apple uh, headphones somewhere in the, your drawers. And uh, yes, we're, we're going to go from there. So, Bella, you had a point. Oh yeah, I just wanted to say I think uh, I, I think it's so amazing how Default Friend talks about the Tumblr activism because it really like I was I'm a veteran I I was a Tumblr teen you know I um, I was on there for like aesthetics posting and stuff um, but no matter where you were on Tumblr between like 2010 and like 2015. Um, it was just constantly like social justice, feminism, um, you know, all of this stuff. And I think it completely brainwashed an entire generation of people into thinking like the most ludicrous things. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, no one talks about that. And so I think that that's a shame because it really had such a huge impact um, in the culture and it really seeped out from there i think so thanks for talking about it default friend i guess i'm dying like dying well, to so, fight with someone James said Lindsay in the chat that, that now they're in government and like academia now which is kind of scary but it's true i mean the aging millennial tumblerista that is now like went through like grad school and is now like in some government position making policy that's kind of damn like yeah. yeah, it's frightening. I mean, all these people who, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, I, I'm so not articulate right now. I'm, I apologize. But but I, I do think like, if, if there was a way to like, retain the aesthetic posting, even some, some of them that were like, lurid or like erotic or whatnot, there was like the only, I remember Tumblr, the only place you could really get like, high quality erotic photos or something like that was on tumblr essentially now it's like i mean there's chans but it's all like yeah porn it doesn't have the same vibe and on there yeah. i think tumblr's over i mean i don't know who still uses it and why yeah, why done. would you do that to yourself um <laughs> um yeah i mean for a time it was a great little outlet i didn't have a whole lot of friends for a while and so i was just one of those tumblr teens um, but yeah, I, I really think that it brainwashed so many people. So. And, uh, default friend, you went into this a little bit. So you were talking about how that people like neglected, they think it's more of like, you know, the James Lindsay's of the world, they talk about academia all the time, but really it was like this weird sort of like reverse discourse where now people in the, like they butchered a lot of those concepts and, they, and then I, you know, it's like this weird negative feedback loop totally i mean 
this is another thing I say that like pisses people off. Like we actually applied intersectionality correctly. It's, it is extremely useful. It's, it's not really that crazy of a concept. It's the no. way that it's used, which completely erases like people's, you know, material conditions that makes it seem dumb as fuck. Like no shit. Like a poor black woman probably does have like a worse life. Like in most cases probably does have a worse life than like a poor white woman, but a rich right. black woman, then things start to, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's super weird just how like we just selectively understand these things. Emotional labor is a big one that's totally misinterpreted. Um, you know, are they the be all and end all of understanding the world? Of course not. Are they useful at the right time and place? Absolutely. Yeah, emotional labor is sort of a weird one. It became like you can sort of get the point, but then it became a, a, a foil for just like propping up people's own like narcissisms. And it's like this really weird, like, it's almost as if the intersectionality theory was subject to the same like brutal like capitalistic dynamics of um competition and and like it's it's this weird social currency idea that became gamified almost like if you were of a and, and of course like you were saying now um to get like that sort of like social credit points is is by becoming a sex worker or something like that something or like saying you're non-binary that's a big one nowadays um that accounts but for do like you but do you think it's on its way out too do you think the pendulum may have swung uh so far to the left that eventually it's gonna even out or do you think we have more to go like default friend let's start with you uh what do you think um i i think that it's you know it's not gonna be super visible maybe even in the next five years but Gen Alpha and the next generation, they're going to be a total reaction against this sort of anything goes. Um, I'm not going to have kids till I'm 35. Uh, you know, my my pronouns are like princess and princess self or whatever. Um, I'm an other kin. There, which is like you know that's any, anything that's like sort of a weird thing that like many young people are doing used to be like a freak show on Tumblr that you would read and be like, I can't. This was only online. I can't believe this is happening. Um, but now you just see it like out in the world. Um, but that's people are going to get maxed out on that pretty quick, and we're going to have a huge reaction. I think. Well, versus saying it's not ending, L M A O. Oh God! Very, oh, should we love Versen? <laughs> yeah, let's amazing. love Versen. I don't Maybe know, Bimbo Ubermensch. Would you like uh, us to bring Versen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't need to use side language. You could just turn on the uh, turn on the speaker. Yeah, un- I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I, there we I go. Unmute and unmute myself. I'm sorry. I just want to preface this by saying, saying I am terribly sorry about the audio situation. Um, I've oh, no problem. Through my house, everything is askew because it, everything's being painted, and I also don't want to piss off the lovely painter people because literally, you know, they're working hard, and I don't. I don't know. I look downstairs. I cannot find shit. No, it's, don't worry about no, it. Don't it's worry all, about it. Yeah, it's all, it's all good, and it's I, very, it's a very lovely room that you have. Oh, oh my yeah, God, Bob! Why, like, you went from Lucas's room to Bimbo, the Bimbo side room, so the bimbification. I saw they room. had a spiritual connection. No, I mean it would be pretty interesting to get like a model to do a hot photo shoot, like Bimbo Ubermensch. Would you do a photo shoot, like a sexy photo shoot, in Lucas's room? Oh my 
Well, Rue was there, apparently. Not, not that it's a woman or not. But and like, you know what you could do? You can have, like, um, you can cover your breasts with, like, giant brown nipples to simulate oh Lucas. Oh, my God. I, I do not endorse. I'm not here right now. I'm not here right now. You know, um, like they have coconuts. You know, like people wear coconuts. No, they, they came up on the Paul Town podcast. The the one. <laughs> yeah, who was that? that was really uh, yeah, somebody. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, love. Okay, we were getting. Yeah. Uh, Everybody subscribe, damn it! Everybody subscribe right. right now to the BTR so, stream. Subscribe right now. And we're also on Twitch TV and DLive. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, no, let's get serious. <laughs> okay. Um, so, we were if talking about... To come on here to, like, break up the... I don't know. It's not a, so it's not a sausage fest or... A... Yeah, no, I know. It is nice. kind oh. of... Yeah, it is, it is nice to have... Uh, if, if yeah. he want, if he if he so desires to be on, he can. I just don't think I'll be doing a photo shoot in his room. Well, yeah, not versus room. Uh, Lucas's room. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know. All right, I think, I think okay. Lucas's room talk, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so we were talking about Tumblr. Um, but what, what did Verse, uh, um, <laughs> Bimbo's husband enters the chat? <laughs> um, Oh my god. Okay, so we were talking about the Tumblr thing. I I think it's hmm it's really weird the way things are going. I mean, I I noticed this this like sentiment without naming names. Uh like people they they're looking to sort of like place blame on the situation that we find ourselves in. But I wonder if uh to me it seems that we've all like men and women and whoever uh have really just we've all kind of been destroyed by modernity and it's like we're you know we're, we're going through the motions and and we don't know where to turn because everything that's sustained us hasn't you know it's it's not giving us any sort of indication it's oh my god what's going on in the background there um oh no versus give me three like three minutes i'll get my stuff oh my god uh, what that, stuff <laughs> um but I close <laughs> me. Um, but you know, default friend. I think you said something that was interesting. You said that you you um, the gyna, like the gynocracy theory. You say that's not really a thing, or it is a thing, but it's not like the way people like the way people interpret it. The way like you know, sort of like the the manosphere stuff about like how we live in a very like gynocentric world. That's not exactly correct, or it is correct, but it's not like a totalizing sort of discourse it's more of like just the way things have naturally progressed i don't know i, I i'm so I'm, I'm sort of mixed on this i i think like more than um what i think i think it's less about uh gender and more about money and then there's a lot of a lot of rich people are are put into this weird position where they are forced to to perform um, but it doesn't really change like their public facing status to like us plebes might change, but the actual power that they have behind closed doors doesn't really change. Um, and I, I mean, like my, my theory basically is like money is money and class are the number one things. Um, everything mm -hmm. else is kind of just to keep us busy and distracted. So we don't think about, you know, declining wages or stagnant wages, um, 
quality of life problems that like, yes, you know, our parents were able to buy houses, but houses were $80,000. You could get an $80,000 house, but it's probably prefab or a trailer. So, I mean, I, this is another thing I'll get like pushed back on, but it's, it's expensive to be alive. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think like even millennials, like unless like you're, you have like a family house that you've inherited, I think like the, the whole like home ownership thing is almost going by the wayside now, like here in Canada, especially like it's getting like, even where I live, because all the Toronto people are moving here. It's like, um, the, the, we're just being priced out of the market. If you're anyone who's like below the age of, I don't know, like 45 yeah. or 50. But so, eventually yeah. the boomers are going to have to die off. Right. <laughs> We'll just hand it down to their kids. Yeah. I mean, then uh, we're, we are going to have plenty of housing unless people are going to keep living for way longer. I mean, that is the other thing. Like, do you guys think that uh, the population is increasing too much? Uh, like a lot of the environmentalists are talking about where, uh, you know, we kind of have no choice but to institute some kind of a surreptitious population reduction thing. Or do you think that that is bullshit and that is, uh, you know, people, you know, even though there are m much more people than have ever existed in the world, nature is going to uh, take care of itself and uh, we're going to be all right in the end. That is like some, it's basically, okay. One thing I do get a flat, lot of flack for, for imagining, you know, I think a, if you look at the, the progression or, you know, the actual structure of the actual existing left, or whatever you see in a lot of, you know, governments today. Uh, I think that, I think they're basically like Fabians, mm. like mm -hmm. top down, yeah. elite driven, yeah. uh, no historical materialism, class collaboration, sort of like this all, all this worship of scientism. It's like this really weird outcrop of secular humanism, but basically um i do think a lot i do think a, a portion of our elites think there are too many people on the planet no doubt or yeah. or they want to corral people into living the way they want to live like i'm not going to be surprised if people's um the downstream from like some sort of green new deal people's way of life is just completely like you know, eviscerated, or they have to, they have to have a low standard of living because of some sort of green, green, like ideal of greenness or whatever. Um, Mother Gaia. Yeah, Mother yeah. Gaia. And then like, I see all this like disturbing stuff, like, oh yeah, you know, there's like no pollution. And, um, you know, the, the, the skies have cleared and the wolves and the monkeys are in the subway and they're hanging out and vibing. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool and all. And I love the crisp air, but also like no one is living right now. So, you know. I think you hear that argument less and less with there being a problem with population simply because funny enough, I mean, most sort of people on the left wing spectrum are also for social service programs. And I mean, I know here in Germany, for example, I think the fertility rate at this point is somewhere between 1.1 and 1.2. So very far away from replacement. And we're about to have um, 
you know, the baby boomer generation hit retirement age, which here is 67. And, you know, back in, I think, 1950, there was four, I have city, so four, like, um, working people supporting one person on basically what's the equivalent of social security here. And, you know, in 2040, that'll be basically one-to-one. So, I mean, (laughs) not replenishing um, the population has some significant repercussions for basically the way you set up your societies. I mean, if people are really kind of serious about this point, they'll have to think about how to restructure pretty much all of our social service programs, at least for the interim until it stabilizes. I'm sorry. That's why the whole immigration thing is like, I mean, okay. That's why people are like, then we can just have more immigrants coming in because it's like they need a bevy of cheap labor to do all their bidding. Like you said, I'm sorry for interrupting. That is true. But, you know, so that's true. like literally, Welcome verse. That, that's oh, literally the whole like logic. And, you know, it's like instead of having, I don't know, the native population have children and people are increasingly not wanting to have children because of all the economic constraints that default friend has talked about. So they're like, okay, let's just like, um, we fucked up Honduras in Central America. Let's just like get a bunch of people from over there to do all the cheap labor or, you know, deliver our Uber Eats, deliver our Amazon stuff, you know. But but, but can't work or the like other way around. PSWs like, would... in retirement homes are from the Philippines. Yeah. Sort of but, but would we be able to have people who, let's say, are living here, like, teenagers or something delivering the newspaper well not newspaper obviously but basically doing stuff that they used to do back in the old days that wasn't done by people who came here from a different uh, country would they do it would people no. uh yeah that immigrants the immigrant labor can um compete and drive labor costs down um so they're most typically speaking especially if you have undocumented immigrants are always going to do labor for cheaper it, it's the case in like literally any country yeah. So the teenagers on some level would still desire some level of like minimum wage or even like some kind of li- borderline livable rate wage. Whereas you can get like even in 2021, you can get uh, below minimum wage uh, day laborers from like Home Depot, for example. So it, it just it just the, the the market there is just not going to it's just not viable. There but is even- something that Singapore did. Singapore uh, basically uh, brings in people from other parts of the world for the labor. They don't become citizens. They go there, they do the labor, and they, then they leave. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good long-term plan, but uh, that's different maybe than having this strange, you know, you are in the citizen, yet you're, you kind of are situation that's going on here in the United States, which is still like, we're not really sure what exactly is the status of a lot of these people. So uh, could that be an alternative where it's like really clear, like you come in here to do the work and then... It would be like uh, a Heinlein society of like in, in Starship Troopers where like you had to earn your right to be a citizen. I like that. I like the like Starship Troopers based, idea. Yeah. I, unfortunately, they don't follow that one. <laughs> yeah you have to go to it's war more of an iq shredder thing where all the also if anyone rest... is expecting me to be like super aggro i actually like all the girls here so yeah i, I know it's i'm not, not even like it's not... <laughs> which is rare but yeah but even like in terms of uh like dynamics between men and women there was um a really great episode of uh baps uh caribbean rhythms with our good friend friend of the show um delicious tacos and he was really talking... good episode 
Yeah, and and he was talking about sex tourism, but also like relationship tourism, which I mean, if you like watch like I know it's a cliche, but if you watch shows like 90 Day Fiance or what whatnot, it seems that a lot of like there is this sort of impulse to like, well, we import we, we export like the third world uh you know all of our burdens and we import their wares and we import their slave labor so how about their like emotional relationship labor as well why can't we do that and i wonder it's like this sort of a weird i mean I, I guess at the end of the day i'm not faulting anyone for doing that obviously i mean as i get older who knows what's probably a realistic option but um uh i feel like it's this really crazy dynamic where we have to um we have to sort of offload our own path, like our own sort of social dynamic onto these other people, or rather the excesses of those social dynamics create a situation where what is ameliatory is something that like late, like cheap labor. Now it comes the question of cheap emotional labor. I don't know. It's like, we're just shuffling human capital around. Hmm. Not that I like, again, like I say, it's a really strange dynamic. I mean, because I could see the point. Of, of like a, a lonely guy who has money who goes to the Philippines and, you know, reads yeah. uh, Matt Forney, Bang Matt Forney, do the Philippines. Yeah. So it's but like, I also notice it in the Brooklyn, like a uh, verse. You may be noticing, noticing this too. When I went to a Japanese restaurant in a hip part of Brooklyn, I noticed that there were these uh, nerdy uh, uh, Silicon Valley guys and all of none of them had a white girlfriend. Like they all had girlfriends who were, you know, not uh, white. So I wonder, is there something Something going on as far as uh, like this idea, which may or may not be correct, that a lot of white girls are just like so infused with egoism today that it's kind of uh, hard for uh, dudes to, uh, you know, make that kind of choice. You know, that they don't see a lot of positive positives there down the line. Uh, mm, Yes and no. Uh, I do think that to a large extent, like a lot of the... uh... I mean, I, you guys were talking about the gunocracy before and a lot of like the social privileges or whatever have, have kind of switched because of the internet and stuff. So like white women being at the top in that way. And it creates like an egoism, like you said. But I do think that like the Asian the, the Asian girl uh, tech guy is, is like a tale as old as time. There's a, there's a few like historic yeah. uh, pairings that... By the way, I think that's just statistical too, right? I mean, if you if I think about all my female friends who work in tech, I mean, not to like <laughs> like grossly profile here, but I mean, a lot of them are Asian. Like, yes, you yes. know, I went into medicine and not engineering. Like, I think there's just a proclivity for certain also cultures then, to value on things. So I think they just end up with them because they're there. But they're no, but here's <laughs> at the same time though. What's the like why? Why is there such a high Asian woman proclivity? Because there's not that many other races. That, I, I didn't say that Asian do though. Like actually, a lot of the girls I, I that I saw. I assumed Asian, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no cause, I mean, because this is what I'm saying. This is like... a. No, it could yeah. be men that go to like the Ukraine or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look. But I really, but like, that's the thing. Like on the stream, I'm consciously aware that I think maybe we uh, have to like stray away from like because we know the male perspective. I mean, we could go into this, but what about like for a woman living in a Western country? that has sort of like an expectation and it's like libertarian guys with Asian wives. Um, Do do you feel like now that the, the sort of those dynamics are opening up to the world and now globalization is sort of like individualizing even like the relationships that people hold dear at the most basic levels. Do you feel like as women yourselves, they get sort of like um, 
almost like a raw deal in some ways because now it's like um the, oh i don't want to date like a western woman because they're all fucked up but then they go to like wherever philippines ukraine where thailand you know like how does that make how how make you feel in other words how that make you feel like um sorry to cut you off first did you have a point to finish no no I, i'm 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 with you i mean there is a globalization does change things like there are for example like I mean, you could look at dating assets, dating app statistics when you start to like have more heterogeneous, like, you know, societies and how that affects like different pairings and like who's considered more desirable and otherwise. Um, These are real stats. Um, So it's not like it's regardless of if it's like, okay, this industry in particular has uh, different skews for different races. There is still pretty objectively some change now for the most part. I think it is a little bit overstated. I will say it's overstated. For the most part, most races just kind of date their own race. That's kind of the facts. But there is a uh, thanks as um, more relationships um, are developed from like dating apps and stuff, uh, and the more people kind of retreat, especially when you have like situations like Corona, where you can't even go out to bars in a lot of states. Um, the these like gender, di- I mean not these gender, sorry, these like globalized dynamics of the dating market are prevalent. These are real issues. Like. Asian men are considered less desirable on dating apps, black women as well. Yeah. Whereas like Asian women conversely are uh, most statistically desirable. most desirable. So, and, and white dudes. So it's, it's, these are real issues. You basically just mean like ethnic differentials, like in success on dating apps. Like I'm trying to understand the word globalized in this context, because I mean, so, these dating apps work, I mean, they're local, right? I mean, you put in yes. like, they're local. And- but so, for example, it's not like we're in a society like Sweden that's fairly homogenous or like, I don't know, uh, right. Korea, which is very homogenous. Uh, we're in like the U.S. where there's a lot of like global immigration mm-hmm. and whatever. So the, the, we have a lot more um, diverse uh, dating pools in different cities. Like if you're in New York City, you pretty much see any race on the planet. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah, that in many sure. cities, but like even in North Carolina or somewhere arbitrary in the U.S., you'll still have the same kind of uh, there's still a lot more diversity than a lot of major countries is, is really my point. And the question about how does, how does that make us feel? I'm still trying to get that question. Yeah. Like for the women here, how does that, like now you got to compete with uh, some like Asian uh, waifu now. Oh, okay. <laughs> who makes, who makes oh, man, the, more the, merrier, the more the merrier. <laughs> See, it's really the, the little things. Remember I had this uh, girlfriend one time who always used to, uh, this uh, Japanese girlfriend, she always used to give me desserts because she made these <laughs> Japanese desserts. So every time we met, she had like a new dessert for me. Just like, uh, you know, there's something nice about those little things that are added on top of everything where it doesn't feel like, uh, oh, like you're just there as the guy to just like do all this stuff, uh, kind of like dance <laughs> like a bird of paradise around the woman, you know, constantly. that reference, man. I, I find yeah. myself doing birds of paradise dances sometimes. Yeah. Oh, man, uh, I missed out. Please. But, is, but is I will that... say as the, as a uh, uh, representative of uh, alternative races, there it, it is the, the, uh, the skew is a little bit, um, overstated to some degree. Yeah. Now, granted, you know, I, I do, I do think it does. Um, racial disparities do play into dating apps and stuff, but I don't. Definitely, yeah. I, I but it is. But do you? I mean, think... even if you look at the stats, it's not as prevalent as the narrative is. It's definitely a real sizable uh, impact, though. But it's. But not. it's funny, like even in the stream, like 
we have like people that are married to people who are semi-married to people who are serial monogamous to people who are just totally fucking out of the whole picture like myself um that's me so uh well no but you verse you are so you mean like legit out of the picture okay prolific with with uh women uh, as you often Mm -hmm. bragged on the stream about your proficiency of the (laughs) female variety um trying to make me seem like a hoe it's fine well the himbo is a thing now apparently i don't know that's like uh well jesse lee peterson would call you a slut maker (laughs) yes uh just he said satan is my daddy yeah it's amazing (laughs) but no i think like it does it go back to what what uh what bella and her tweet was saying that it's it seems that like asian women they're perceived as having more of a traditionally like sing like um signals of femininity whether that's correct or not, or whether that's some kind of like weird, like sexual um, exoticism going on. Yeah. I mean, I don't could know. I jump in? Um, yeah, go I've, ahead. Like I've had white boyfriends who, <laughs> well, just one guy who said this. <laughs> um, he said, he, he ba- yeah, he basically said uh, there's like this idea of uh, Asian women, particularly Eastern Asian women, um, having more yeah. like a soft femininity. And then they kind of, um, uh, they they think of white women as being like woke liberal like social justice yeah. who are gonna like say I don't need a man I don't need you like I'm never gonna cook for you and so that's just like the kind of what they have in their the stereotype I guess that they have in their mind but honestly I don't really feel threatened at all I'm white but I don't really like feel like oh no no one's ever gonna date me because I'm a white woman like <laughs> well whitish we aren't exactly white I mean we're Mediterranean yeah yeah so. um, <laughs> I mean obviously I'm very pale but people sometimes think that I could be like Persian or something but you know I'm white um and I, I obviously don't feel like oppressed or threatened at all it's like people are going to be attracted to me and I will find someone to date but there is that correlation i think in but, some men's uh perception of women and but do you think like that the white woman being on like the absolute peak of the social hierarchy do you think that's true or do you think that white women like i mean it's really weird because socially they probably do have the most um social capital in terms of political power but do you feel like as white women they're sort of like being compared or rather um, the sort of picture of like the liberal white woman that's becoming like, you know, that's yeah, being, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, there's always jokes about like white woman extinction. Karen. Like, we're always yeah, the butt the of the joke. And like, that's fine. I don't, I'm not, I don't feel personally offended, but it is like a very prevalent thing. Um, and, you know, that's okay. But I, <laughs> I think that there is definitely that perception of white women being just obnoxious and just, just so the girl bosses. Yeah, just yeah. like shallow bitches. And <laughs> I think that. Well, what about what that. about drugs? Is is drugs also a big factor? Because I did notice, and I'm not saying that this is only white girls. I mean, there were plenty of girls I know who were uh, not white who also had this problem. But if we're talking about drugs here. How prevalent is that in terms of the decisions that are being made in terms of relationships? Xanax and Chardonnay, is that? I'm talking about all the drugs. I'm talking about weed. I'm talking about crack. I'm talking, (laughs) you know, like yeah. There's plenty of well, there may be. Yeah, white women and their wine. (laughs) That's me. Yeah, I I mean that's a drug. The wine Uh, thing is a real thing, though. I think that we we do have a a thing in recent since like i don't know since sex in the city some point around there where like the the casual alcoholism has been very much pushed and that's like very not cool 
it, it is very yeah. pervasive. I mean, I just, that's kind of like the family that I grew up in. We just drink all the time. And so <laughs> yeah. if to me, that's just how we are. Like we're, we're Greek and we're British and we just, we just drink. Two alcohol cultures. Yeah. yeah. It's just the culture. Um, but yeah, there is definitely a problem with like the, <laughs> okay. the white woman, some sad suburban wine mom, just going on Pinterest and drinking wine every night, <laughs> talking about how depressed she is. Uh, this is one of my, oh my favorite God. memes, by the way. The aborted cool wine ant. I've never seen this before. I don't blame her. I would have done the same. Oh my <laughs> God. Terrible. Um, you prevented yeah. it. Oh, I mean, there's a problem with like what? drinking alone all the time, of oh, course, because you should brutal. be enjoying it socially. But um, um, a default friend, you had something to say before Lev uh, rudely cut you off. I can't believe you, Lev. You're an animal. My God. Um <laughs> Uh, default friend, uh, please go. <laughs> Aborted true. I I have no idea what it was going to be. Whatever it was, it was it, for that moment. Oh, oh <laughs> about um, the the white woman and how the white woman is going to become the sultan of the the modern world. So uh, the sultress of the modern world. The sultan uh, yeah, of the sultan sea. Go on. <laughs> I had no idea. We could, whoever else wants to speak, feel free to go for it. I have nothing to say. <laughs> but I, I think like, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. I, I guess. Okay. I, now that verse is here. Okay. Now verses of the opinion uh -oh. that <laughs> when it comes to the um, advice that women give to men or dating advice or what the markers of attraction that women look for, you verse, you think that they're it's all universally terrible. Never trust whatever these damn okay, polls. Let me, have let, to me say let me let me let me dating advice. say it myself so. before I get canceled. Um, yeah. it is a thread that is uh, it is a post, a tweet of mine that's kind of like getting traction right now. I, my opinion is that because of the nature of dating, women's advice and like kind of like difference between male and female psychology, women's advice about dating is typically just universally wrong. I think that most women, they, when they give dating advice, it's after the, the fact that you've already met and you're already like, <laughs> together. I've never seen any advice from women that's about like the actual difficult part in the equation of like actually getting the girl. So and if, every time they're like, so the post in question that he's referring to, the girl's like, oh, you know, men, if you like women, um, have you tried getting plants? And plants are great. Women do like plants. They like a, ne a, a ambient nest that is very yeah. comfortable. But you have to already have the have girl for that to work. And I said, oh, and yeah, this definitely. was a major controversy, apparently. I don't know why. And I was like, have you ever had sex with a man with plants before you got there? No. Like, I've had plants before. <laughs> but it's That's after funny. I had a girlfriend. I got orchids. It was great. I'm good at orchids. So that was the controversy. Okay, now we can continue with what you're saying. No, um... Oh God, uh, no. I, I guess I, I mean, what what do you ladies think about this? Do you think that I mean, is there something going on there? Like, or or do you feel that um, versus being much too harsh on uh, female dating advice, or that because no. see that's the thing. Like, if you just go, I feel like people have told me this. If you just like go out and ask what women want, it's kind of like that's not going to work. That's it's the problem is. I mean, if I ask all three of you here, like for good advice you would all say something completely different what would work for you so i think i mean this is just the nature of you know there being a fuckload of men and women and they have different preferences so i mean of course not everything there there's probably general like 
guideposts, but they're probably almost so banal as to not be helpful, right? So it's like most people know these things, I would think. I think a lot of women, when they do give salient advice, it's often about when it is good, it pisses a lot of people off. Like a lot of people, it's like, for instance, it's about like a accrual of resources. It, it's true. It's just like, if you have more resources, it's just generally easier. And usually the people who get the resources just generally, um, they have a certain personality that has helped them acquire those resources, including the hose. So, True. you know- And they don't need the know, advice anyway at that point. Well, yeah, but when you say that, state this reality to a lot of men who, you know, let's be real, a lot are online because they might be underemployed or whatever. I'm not, not, not to disparage anyone here. Or scrubs, it hurts, in other their, words. It hurts their feelings. In the, same way, in the same way, when you talk about youth, right? Or, or I don't know, the wall, even though I think there should be more not, nuance with the wall talk, okay? But, you know... It, Shoes, it, you're 30 it's, years it's, old. It's, oh, it's all over. It's yeah. a chink in the armor. Sometimes the stuff that is very true yeah. hurts people. True. Lacerates their soul. And but I think for the most part, they already know it, right? So I think most men know that like the more resources they have, probably the more attractive they'll be towards women. Yeah, but when somebody like not, when fault says it in a in a very like benign way and she's yeah. not incendiary or anything. She's not like that other poster who I'll I'm not gonna name, but yeah, no, she's not like saying you gotta have like five hundred K in your 20 25 percent like, of you probably are aren't gonna fucking make it. So just get yeah, based, no, uh, like based. she's not incendiary at all. Yeah. Default knows people in like no, I was referring to material class. You know, she knows she knows what the fuck she's talking about in that regard. Right. But when she says stuff like that, they call her a fed. Yeah, they get mad. In the same way, you talk about yeah, the plants don't get the girl. You know, like you. And then I'm harassed. Yeah, yeah, that's a chink in the armor. So generally, same thing with Bella when she was talking about polarity in sexual relations. She pissed off a bunch of NB like uh, transfer <laughs> freaks. We have to use that word now. What is NB? Like, is non-binary? Non-binary. is a good. I, I will say though, uh, even though it's fake, NB is such a good term. That's how you know it's fake because it's yeah. too good of a marketing. It's a really. It's got that nice millennial like yeah. that. That it's a really nice marketing. name, and that's it's like all the other ones don't have good good marketing. Yeah. If you can ify or be something. That's like a classic millennial marketing right there. Yeah. So but. I have sort of a, I think Burrs is right. However, here's my caveat. And I think Bimbo's explanation is right. Um, I think women also don't want to be honest with themselves about what actually works on them. Ooh. So they'll try to be like, oh, it's the plants. All right. But the guy was also six, five. You know what I mean? Like they, they know that everybody knows the guy knows the girl knows, but God forbid that you say it in plain English, then you're whatever. Right. Yeah, oh yeah. That, yes. hundred yeah. percent. And that's also another thing. And I always say, this is the other thing that was a thread that also got a lot. I got a lot of flack for this one. And I said, Hey, if you're trying to, because of the, this is the comparison I'm making, which is why, cause I was like, if you're of trying to get a donkey to like go somewhere. Right right because i use the word donkeys right and you have the carrot in front of the donkey's head the donkey's gonna tell you i want the carrot 
But in reality, what makes the donkey go the place you want it to go is the fact that it has that desire that isn't being fulfilled. It's like yeah. the bait. So the desire similarly, is not the real desire. Yeah. Yes. So if this is a stated versus revealed preference, in reality, while you know women are saying you should have a plan, you should be really nice, yada yada, it is the desire for this thing that is what leads them to dating you for it's, example it's whereas the desire of like the male to take care of something i think yes that can have like a stewardship over a living thing whether it's an animal or a plant yeah and is, this is not like a, a incredibly deep i'm not tr calling women no. donkeys but what i'm really saying is that the what you like the fisherman uses the fish doesn't know the fisherman if you want advice like how to catch fish you ask the fisherman <laughs> you don't ask the fish that's that's my overall point which is patrice o'neill's point yeah which when i so, stole that somebody metaphor. was mentioning a uh, manlets in the chat over here i mean this guy he was uh he, he's been through a lot he was talking about how women on the uh, dating apps basically tell him that he should die oh actually and, wait let me support some manlets real quick because actually okay. manlets get too much flack online because you'd be surprised how well so first off i don't know who said it maybe it was the members i'm not sure maybe it was fembot somebody but girls don't know how tall you are um no. so they don't they don't they just know if you're taller than them so after like five eight girls have no idea and i know this because i'm actually six feet tall but if i tell someone i'm six feet tall people tell me i'm wrong they say i'm like six two um there's height inflation on a level that's never been seen before so it's all a lie i i yeah, thought i was five eleven, but i got measured by this woman from an agency in new york she said you're five foot ten and a half my life is a lie so <laughs> but it, it's false also, pretenses i also am fine with i also believe in um man i i, I actually like manlets i like manlet supporter we were we yeah respect manly respecter it's a, it, you know there's something appealing about the barrel chested manlet type i'm i'm with a lanklet but that's another type i like too the whole point is um if you're like i don't know five foot three and a woman i don't know why you want to go around stealing everyone who's six foot and above that's like so selfish yeah. you just be satisfied yeah. with somebody taller than you i mean you're attracted to what you're attracted to but it's just like you know the, the distribution I there's actually enough uh men out if you i mean obviously there's more women but if you ignore that part if, if you just make it a, even 50 50 there's actually enough men that are taller than every single woman on the planet but that's not really for for there to be like a a, a mat, you know like a mating game like a sadie's dance math problem I'm, dhp I'm has four, a name but... for love's cat so i'm five more but i personally really like to feel like the small like really small next to a guy that i'm dating um and i've gone out i've gone out with men who were like five five you know like really short men and there's nothing wrong with that. I still found them very attractive, but um, there's just something that is instantly, that instantly like magnetically attracts me to a man who's like at least 5'10", just personally. I'm so sorry. To my, them away. <laughs> to my manly kings out there, my 5'7 kings, uh, I only date girls above 5'6", so it's fine. I got you guys. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to help you out. He like weighs them too, so it's like that's. But you're uh, in New York, and like the the market in New York is so weird. Like I genuinely believe any guy can get any girl in New York under the right circumstances. No so way. Not true in the Bay Area. No, yeah. Oh, there's wow. there's actually there's such a disproportionate number of women to men in Manhattan that actually yes, I do agree with this. Isn't it like three women or like it's yeah, it's like three to one. It's Manhattan, like three to one, yeah. 
Manhattan's where your ovaries go to die. Yeah, if um, you are a, ma- a straight male in Manhattan, there's just so many more women that it doesn't man. even matter. Holy like crap, you can be gorgeous, gotta... stunning, yeah. talented, well-spoken, like kind woman. But the thing is, not only are you just dating around because it's like the, yeah, even though there's less men, you're just dating around because that's the market. It's like, oh, you know, you're with somebody on a date. You swivel your head in the other corner, the other direction. There's somebody else you could date. So you're just like you know constantly dating which you know i get it's fun but then at some point you're like oh my god where the fuck did the time go by so i don't know i feel like people you gotta you gotta lock that shit down and be like this person is good enough mm, it is good, true good person and yeah, no, i'm only six That's hours i actually couldn't even when i lived in manhattan i actually couldn't lock anyone like that what you were saying with the swivel thing is real even when you're like I, like you'll try to explain like hey you know this is probably one of the few opportunities to a real relationship given the situation here and even still everyone's kind of on a swivel just because everyone has a career that's trying to stay they don't want to be too attached because they want to be open to push their career yada yada but it's not i don't think it's good it's funny really either side it's funny like how dramatic the difference is even though they're like the two major cities closest to each other between to and new york city like in Toronto, you're hmm. it's fucking hopeless. I hate to say, it, it, yeah, yeah, Bimbo, you had a great tweet about how the like how pickup artistry was invented in Toronto because of just how frigid everything is, how frigid the women are, and now it's like, oh my god, that made so much. I said sense it was a midwit city. I said it's a mid, not midwit. I said it was like a mid tier sort of. Yeah, city. it's a globalist it's cookie like, cutter. Yeah, it, it wants to be something it's not it's the den the denizens of toronto like i feel like can canada to me i agreed with your assessment of canada as like a post-national country to me canada is a points driven you know technocracy where basically you have a bunch of it's kind of like cultural distance nationalism you have a bunch of people who migrate there they cryogenically freeze themselves and their family they live they work and they die yeah there's nothing i don't hate saying this there's like not a buzz it's like a very, very multi-culty, but simultaneously incredibly like sterile. And so yeah. pickup artistry was a really big thing in Toronto. And you still to this day, you have, you have, well, before the pandemic, you had men, you know, gallivanting around, you, you know, in the Ian Center, around Aritzia, trying to yeah. pick up girls. And it's just like, yeah. because people are shy here, they're like polite. They're like polite to you. And but they're they frigid. There's a up. distance there. Yeah, it's a yeah. flakiness. I'm like, I thought we were going to meet up. Like, what the fuck? I thought we were going to go and grab like a happy hour cocktails or something. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's what tough. it is. I should just fucking move to New York City. I mean, there's you so many opportunities move. for me I, as an artist true. too. So, Listen, by the way, speaking a- of... Speaking of art verse, I have, oh go ahead, go yeah. ahead. I'll, no, I let me just one quick piece of advice that I this is objective and I and it's it, it, uh, indisputable. Whatever is that if you got to pick your city based on what you want. So there, um, the there's a lot of st- studies that were done by like data scientists about um whether or not cities or marketplaces are more geared towards relationships or towards hooking up and it's almost one-to-one correlated with whether or not there's more men or more women if there's more men like a seattle place is um relationships are really heavy um and if there's more women like a manhattan it's more hookup culture and it's kind of and both genders behave uh, according to that dynamic right so if you want relationship i suggest moving to a place with more men and then obviously you have to play that male competition resources game but that is the the way it works 
And if you want hookups, you move to Manhattan. But if, if it, one of the biggest things to help, or like, for example, a college campus, typically more women. That's why it's hookup cultures in college campuses. Like you start these, these dynamics on a, a local scale play out based on ratios. So, yeah. So if you want yeah. women, I would say move somewhere like that. Um, if you're like me and old, I want to have kids. Uh, I should move somewhere like Seattle, but it rains. So I'm into that. Yeah. But would you also say it's gotten a bit insufferable as far as uh, if we're talking about college girls today, or do you think it's still something that can be broken uh, through? No, they've always the, been uh, insufferable. It's just they were hot, so you deal with it. That's just how college kids, college kids in general <laughs> suck. By the way, that's why we put them in a fake society to do their own thing. They suck. We don't want we don't want them around. Yeah. So yeah well, we they just... they suck and they fuck. <laughs> Buff says if Gio's deadlift is 500 pounds, he could get any girl he wants in New York. Well, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, Byzantium, yes, my old man has done that. He has to save gas. He has like thrown people in the back of the truck going to, from job to job. Um, but, oh, 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 by the way, Pharaoh Phoenix well, says the eggy, the eggy mention brought me here. Yes. I was oh, mentioning yeah, this nice. on Eggy's stream last night. And by the way, all the new people who are watching this, we are getting tremendous numbers here. Please subscribe to this break the rules channel, as well as to Twitch, <laughs> as well as to D live. But I want to talk about uh, polyamory since uh, we definitely have to talk about polyamory. Yeah, but before there, that love, I wanted yeah. to oh, give no. a, good, a good plug and a good shout out. She could have been on the stream too. She is also based in New York, New York artist. Um, my good, good friend. She's been on the show. Joan Pope, Sex, mm. Death, Rebirth. Um, I did a recent lino cut of one of her photo sets. And so if you want to buy, here it is, love. This is the first time. I, I, I released an Instagram actually, but the, this Henry. is the first time seeing it. Um, if you want one, Beautiful. you can DM me. But me and Lever working on my seller's website. And also, please go. I have to censor the uh, the booba. But go and buy her her uh, art books. One of them is called uh, Flowers of Evil by Joan Pope. Saturn Chronicles. She sent me all this. I'm going to review them. And also, Death is Cooming. Death is Coming. That is the famous uh, Bernini um, that, that Bataille Death used in erotica. Yeah, from of uh, St. Teresa having her orgasmic uh, heavenly experience but, that's actually yeah. one of my favorite statues and it has yeah. a there's a really good yeah. part of infinite jest not to shill infinite jest again oh, um, that's, about yeah. that whole yeah. statue but anyway um, uh, wait a, yes lev <laughs> did you bring up the poly stuff because of the topic or because jules told you about what i told him yeah two days ago neither, yeah, please, neither one. One, i brought please, okay good. DM me, DM okay me. I, the reason okay. why i brought up the poly stuff <laughs> it's called queen do, of heaven the one it had to do with somebody who was on the left stream yesterday in the chat or sunday in the chat uh whose name is the cat girl milk and yogurt company I love that name so much. And uh, the Twitter <laughs> handle is Paisuri Plus. And uh, Paisuri Plus made a following thread, which I found pr pretty interesting. The rise of uh, the poly relationships as we see them today was the natural evolution of girls who were downstream of attractive joining guilds and MMOs back in the early 2000s, where they would date their way through the leadership and oversee the eventual oh, downfall Final of Fantasy said guild. House. <laughs> yes. The, uh, the, less the less than attractives found that they could lead the drama and attention-filled lives of pretty girls by coming into a nerd space. Sure, the prospects were less than ideal, but they could be the center of attention they always wanted to be. They gained a special place in the guild by dating officers or even the GM, and then could jump around to any nerd they pleased, steering the ship as they pleased, oftentimes directly into the rocks. Using this status, they could also bully out any dissenters that might arise. Somewhere after GG, when social justice had settled itself fully 
fully Gamer into online communities. Yes, these girls found a new label to wield as a weapon, polyamory. Now they can live as they did previously, but <sighs> with this precious term to shield them from any judgment. Slowly we saw this new idea slip from cyberspace into reality. Then we got tragic images of guild IRL disputes lived out in the news. So here is the image that a uh, cat girl attaches to uh, that final. And one of them of became a child abuser. You wow, know what's really really shot. funny? You know what's really really funny? That is the, I'm gonna defend women for once. That's not the funny part. The funny part is, um, that is the parallel to the male feminist turned into Burning Man poly guy. That is yeah. literally the same exact the same exact uh, storyline. But anyway, yeah. But that, but that is a different status of woman than, let's say, uh, the kind of women that Jules dated in polyamorous relationships. Like, those would be a lot more, let's say, high-class women. So, would it be a similar dynamic, though, in these... I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been in polyamorous relationships or no have, women who have been. So, have, okay, well, verse, oh tell me, like, as far as high-status women, because you're a handsome guy, you only date the high-status women. Of course, what yeah, is no. the, yeah. <laughs> What is the, uh, what, what is the situation there like? Like, what? I feel like as girls. soon as Verse came on, this not this didn't become a woman's <laughs> issue stream. This like became a fucking weird soundboard for like different male uh, ego uh, pathologies. So, no, actually, I didn't want to do this. I this was me being I, my my pathology is that I will try anything once, and as a consequence of that, I find myself in things like polyamorous relationships for two years. Um, uh, not to get into that too deeply, uh, I will say that their storyline is most of the case. I was more in the the Burning Man uh uh derivative scene so con so that's a very similar case but typically it's the men driving that one i wasn't driving it my girlfriend was kind of like a was born rich and was trying to find i don't know it, she was she's just insane but she was really rich and she was looking for a super rich husband but also like likes was like a very um, emotionally empathetic person so she would date really rich guys and then like i was like the emotional boyfriend <laughs> That was, that oh my was the, god so i was oh like the real boy god. yeah yeah so she was like you know terrible yeah it was bad um th that that whole thing is now sugar baby but they were not called um that was not the the vibe back then it was she was poly anyway that's my story on the tldr i see there is an account i really like by the way who that uh, jules recommended to me called uh, super slutty snake and uh they have a lot of fun twitter posts this is uh, one of them right here it, it reminds me of that one Tumblr artist back in the day that Sofa spoofed on that would do these like actually ended up in galleries where she would like have these captures over images like selfies of her where she would say stuff like uh, eating pizza while masturbating or something like that. Like I forget her name. Uh, Sarah Baba. That was her name, Sarah Baba. And it, it's funny, like that sort of hedonist culture, I think, is almost embedded within like casual polyamory it's sort of like this consumer model of relationships along with everything else if they're know, the sexy really... kind like yeah exactly kind that go to they go to Mykonos. yeah but like that that thing that super slutty snake often taps into is the promoter the promoter club culture surrounding yeah. you know fashion and entertainment so you have the promoters they get the girls to go to the club and then the promoters are like, hi, we have like high net worth individuals. You, we want you to go to an island party or something. And then the implication is you have to bang the people on the yacht or the island party. Um, and then there's fake shamans. Rich people love fake shamans. Like yes, that. fake yeah. shamans. Really. Oh, yeah. That was, that was my end. 
the <laughs> oh damn it seems like i could just go to new york i'd be all set i mean i could yeah there's a the very there, there's <laughs> the yeah, uh, there's the hamptons uh fly them out to the promoter parties and then there's like the um poly uh dungeon bdsm club sex parties seen in new york city very similar eyes wide shut energy but but you don't have to be rich for that one you could just be like cool and like learn a bdsm skill and people are like oh my god this guy can like suspend people from the ceiling and but with a burning man and the face shamans again i think drugs play a real big role here from the parties that i've went to all the women were on molly moon rocks whatever they were all fucked up and uh i don't know i just how could people avoid that because if you're going to be in that uh in that circle of people and in general i think like if you have money if you have money and if you don't have like a real tight together family then what's going to prevent you from going down that road it just seems like so so easy to slip in into that yes it's very prevalent um but also there's also the sober version like the the sex party seems actually typically sober um because of consent and you know whatever so people want to like pressure it so they don't usually have like alcohol and stuff um and then same thing with like uh but yeah no if you're in like the rave burning man half it's pretty much everyone's on poppers and whatever mm, but even the sober ones how many how many of them are on prescription medication of some sort i think everybody is nowadays right that's a good point but what what would uh but the rest of the women in the chat what do you feel like about the whole like normalization of polyamory like do you feel that it's it's changing things or do you think it's just like the foible like it's sort of like the fad of like upper middle class women online that are like in certain industries i mean what do you think of or it's going to like be mainstreamed i mean even people in the sticks are like now poly so it's like <laughs> you have like trailer park uh dynamic uh um <laughs> uh polycules so i don't know it's a bifurcation like, I think, like, on one end, you have a bunch of broke people who are like, okay, I need to be poly because I want to split the bills and share the house. And it's like, just kind of makes sense. And like, people yeah. don't, people kind of, they don't want to be demoralized by their economic situation. So they kind of choose relationships like this. Um, so Because courtship, conventional courtship is kind of out of the window. And then on the other hand, hand you have like the really rich hedonistic type um, and they'll go to like really nice resorts in Cancun or like, you know, that are clothing optional, but they're actually, those are swingers resorts. Um, and then, and then you have like a managerial solariate class that kind of does serial monogamy. And then I guess everyone else is kind of scrambling for bits and pieces. I, I mm. mean, but as I said, I, I don't, I feel like there's like this seeming abundance of sex, but I don't really know if a lot of people are having it. I feel Especially, like I've seen, sorry, I didn't want to come in. No, 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 I'm done. I, I'm finished. <laughs> no, I mean, the, I, I personally um, haven't had any direct experiences with polyamory, polyamory um, and the touch points that um I've had with it are actually more like sort of out of the tech scene. And to me like that, that's like a separate strand of like this poly, like you well, kind of classified them. That, yeah. And I feel like it's, to me, it's never seemed very attractive because it seems like, like you mentioned, like very managerial. It's like, it's sort of the calling card for a certain type of like rationalist that sees themselves above feeling. And they're like, okay, mm -hmm. I will like optimize yeah. everything about myself, including relationships. And so like, 
I mean, it just seems like a scheduling nightmare to me. It seems like basically monogamy, but a lot more work and a lot more emotional talk and transparency and honesty. And I think there's like, yeah, it's for a couple of people that I know, um, it's a little bit of a calling card of like, I'm, I'm morally better than you actually in some way because this requires so much more work and I'm so much more honest and you are just and, this and plebe who's too dumb yeah, for Yeah, you got it. No, that's accurate. And, you get that 100%. That's exactly the, what it is. And everything is on that level of like instrumental rationality to the point where human emotion itself is now reified to such an extent that you could like fit people in for your emotional labor it's like mm-hmm. um well zhp said of the best unsexy people modeling the relationship after the dmv so yeah uh shaniqua well here in here in canada uh, rajiv the dmv is now going to organe your uh poly uh emotional timetable so the uh the tech the tech poly is the burning is the burning man poly They're the yeah. same thing yeah but, but i don't think it's like rational but, but, but i haven't all. heard people but, I, but what i haven't heard people mention is a lot of poly people they have to have this like over negotiation because yeah. the bulk yes. of it are people who aren't really attractive right so it's the only way we'll get any sex at all is to do it through this weird way like it's i mean this is why they don't talk about that emotional connection and why the emotional connections are so rare and become such a drama it's because it's a it's a marketplace for people who can't fuck and that's why i like when people are like really hard on bay area poly people i mean i'll just like be frank with them you're not going to date these guys someone has to if this is how they <laughs> get laid i mean it's none of my business that's i will say yeah, the I, only I mean, that's totally don't judge fuck, it. Man, yeah. I think, the easiest I think, way to break a poly relationship is actually start fucking a lot that's how people start getting real <laughs> mad <laughs> that, <laughs> I think that's really kind of crazy how like unconventionally like unconventional men um they have to like find a way i mean it's it's weird we're talking about it in sort of like a detached well, manner but it's not only it's, men though yeah, yeah. It's, it's also the same thing with women also divorcees love being poly this is another another demo yeah. so there's we talk a lot about like, the incels with like the one whatever polycule girl but it's also really common like for example like i'm not an incel so it was more like div- mostly divorcees exactly that is just really all you end up dating in poly is divorcees and like mentally unhinged people. Yeah, and by the way, I, I definitely I don't want to pass sort of like a moral judgment. I think for me personally, it's also just like a you know like a sort of it's almost like sexual orientation. I mean, it just like would not appeal to me. I'm totally fine when other people do their thing. But I think for me, when it becomes like a little bit tricky, is when it gets pushed to sort of like a solution for everyone. Or like, yeah. and I know definitely not not everyone does this, but there, there's sort of like this this sort of like marketing undercurrent to some of like the the talk around it in, in media on Twitter that that's where yeah. then I'm kind of like okay let's maybe not say that this is like the ideal situation for everyone because most people I think are not sort of set up for it emotionally but what about what about on the other way where could we have let's say more uh trad pilled more based and trad pilled media sources out there that would tell girls you know like you know you should find somebody early on that you can have a relationship with settle down yada yada like would that work do you think that people are more individuals or do you think people can be influenced one way or another if the influence itself is strong enough like strong enough within the culture to act a certain way and but even more so would they then be happy with whatever decision they ended up making or is it a matter of you know they were meant to do a and they ended up doing b because they were convinced to do so and that's actually negative in terms of uh you know their enjoyment and gratification from life yeah i mean i don't think you have much success when you tell anyone to do anything like sort of very directly i think that generally causes a negative reaction if anything i think sort of the, the thing i would say is to just 
be like open and transparent about it. And like, I don't know, I think modeling does most of the sort of instructive work in culture anyways. So just like if you, yeah, I think right now there's like this push to just portray everything under the sun because there's like this aspect of voyeurism that goes along with like oh this is like kind of an interesting setup and so there's like a Netflix show for like every kind of bizarre like niche or especially when it comes to relationship like formation um and I think sometimes people then assume like this is like normal and I think yeah if like a 14 year old girl all of a sudden thinks like okay well polyamory is like the thing now so I'm gonna do it without kind of being aware of the fact that this is like you know there's pros and there's definitely a lot of cons and it's probably not for everyone think the balance just has to be there and the representation has to be honest on both sides but that is in a way pushing people to that kind of conclusion right since we have the media that uh, wants to propagate those kind of relationships much more than let's say more traditional ones then that's something that people are going to uh yeah you know i don't know i mean i'm not i'm not going to say that every you know the people aren't capable of having individual thoughts but i do think that there is a lot of influence that goes on especially from early childhood why family is so important so I don't know, like, what exact solution there is here except for the uh, turning of the pendulum. And like we said before, do you guys think that the pendulum is going to eventually turn to achieve some kind of a balance between these two uh, different states of being? Or do you think we're going to be in for a weirder ride? And if we are going to be in for a weirder ride, how weird is it going to get until it de actually does settle down? Um, yes. Sorry, I just, just don't want to be rude. Um so I think like what's ultimately going to happen in this upcoming decade is things, the spectacle is going to kind of look a lot more crazy and polarizing and there will be some pendulum swinging, but ultimately futile as people, you know, like as their like cost of living or whatever is just pathetic or, you know, the, the amount of resources they have to actually carry through with a courtship because what is a marriage, but it is there it historically wealth consolidation and family planning. But like, I think what's going to happen is people are just going to sport different sort of Veblen beliefs, beliefs. So you're going to have a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, I'm tried because I got hitched at 25 and I have a baby now at 26. And, you know, I think it's great to have like your own sense of autonomy and agency and everything. And I think it's great when people try to be pro-social and whatnot, but um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot of talk, but nothing actually. So you don't think like that, like, like you don't think that like, I don't know, Twitter is a dating site and that all these trads, like we're going to like find uh, our QT uh, EGFs. And we're going to have families. I mean, some people are doing that. But... I mean, some certainly are. Like, I, I don't think it's inconceivable. I've met people from the internet. It, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. I'm just saying that people are increasingly going to be relegated to the virtual option. And they're just going to be signaling, but it's going to be a little, you know, different. And ultimately, you know, it's really sad because it's like, you know, when... I think women have been, they've been working since antiquity, but they've been at the hearth or on the field as opposed to a far-flung office. Mm. I mean, now with the advent of remote work nationalism, before all our jobs get shipped off to, I don't know, India, I mean, maybe we'll have a little bit of that sort of, you know, people working closer to their house and maybe having time to have a kid and a family, yeah. but also 
our employers are really, you know, assholes. They they expect you to work on the clock. They they it's not like I know in Romania they have a law where you're like you cannot talk to me after 5 p.m. Like when work the workday is finished, you gotta fuck off. But Based. I'm, yeah. my my husband's been working from home and he is bombarded like a lot. He works more now than he did when there was a workplace. Yeah, because now it's like yes, home and work of blending. They know you're at home. They know you're and home. you know, when we're working, like it's it's in many ways what what is feminism like historically? It was historically rich women who, you know, were really bored and not feeling self-actualized. And so they kind of wanted to work and they were landowning women, but they wanted to vote. But women who were working class have been working for like ever. So, you know, like, I don't know. I I feel like on one end, I feel like a lot of Chad Chad people or Chad signaling people are going to end up penalizing people who are just working to try to earn a living for their family. And I don't know to, to, to say hi, but it's just like, you know, is, is what is the signaling actually helping people create families and create families like create yeah create families and have uh, a spouse or you know an actual well, well is it also that a fast one's been pulled on the majority of uh, uh citizens of the united states or is it just a matter of us going along with whatever <laughs> technological and uh you know uh, pol- uh i'd say uh, economic changes are going on in the world with globalization like how much of a lot of the effects that uh you know, th- th- that have been had on the, the American populace were the results of changing times, uh, jobs going overseas, but not really that much that could be done about it, versus specific laws that were passed that royally screwed a lot of Americans that could be retracted and that would actually result in a much better uh, way of life for uh, a lot of people, where there wouldn't be as much pressure as there is right now. I think uh, the trad idea is a fantasy and it's only really attainable for people like of a certain um, level of means, I think. And it, it doesn't, not saying you have to be super rich, obviously, but just, you know, working class families aren't going to be able to support children on one income. Um, and I think the institution of marriage is also failing. I think like most maybe not most, but a a disturbingly large number of adults don't really believe in marriage anymore. Yeah, fuck. And they don't believe in it because of good reasons, because everyone gets divorced and everyone gets divorced because of these very real um, phenomena that push them to not need marriage anymore because marriage always was used for political, economic, business kind of reasons. It was more of a contract and now people get married for love and that's which is bullshit that's the here yeah, that's, that's the that's the problem yeah, yeah so I, I do that's really a lot that's at the center of this i also agree with you in that i think that people are pushing the the breakdown of the marriage too is because you know as uh it creates more consumer spending right so yeah as if you get married you pull resources that's one house that's tax breaks blah 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 but when you have you know, a lot more single people. That's multiple rents that are being paid. That's multiple. But it's more consumer to... goods rather than raw yes. resources that it takes to pay exactly. a family. Exactly. Yeah. So there is a lot of incentive, and then also, of course, on the back end, divorce laws are are egregious. So it, there's so much incentive to keep. I you think away lawyers from should be uh, redacted. Uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> there's so much incentive <laughs> well, to keep you away from marriage that it's just like, and 
you know, that uh, people are missing out, even though like, you know, I'm not like a romantic by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a institution that I think has a lot of power to it. And also it's very hard to get out of your whatever class you're in without getting married. Like you're not going to succeed. Like you're not going to move up the economic ladder without, without getting married just fundamentally. Yeah. But uh, if we're talking about divorce, I am curious about uh, more of these. Well, I, uh, I wanted to, well, I wanted to hear. Uh, I'm curious to hear uh, default friends uh, answer in the trad question. I wonder if she yeah. could uh, get in some hot water with this one. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, what hot water? I think it's it's just it's. It seems it's when you not... bring it up, you incur the ire of uh, half of Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the trads think I'm a fed, and then whatever the other side is is like, you know, they also you, think you're a sexist. Fed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone thinks I'm a fed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, here's the here's the thing. I think defed I think Bimbo... fed friend. So go, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think Bimbo kind of like, you know, I I, I partially agree with her. I, I do think that um, these beliefs sort of cycle in and out. Um, I, I don't think that we should underestimate the impact, the psychological impact on having, um, older parents. Um, you know, yeah. there's, I feel like millennials reacted against having bad parents and then, you know, what children of millennials end up existing will then react against having like very old parents. And then, you know what I mean? Like there's always going to be this cycle of reactions. I feel like you could pretty reliably predict what the next generation is going to do based on the mistakes of the past generation. Um, I'm actually on the fence about, I, so I, I kind of think people are going to try to be trad whether or not they can afford it. Um, I, I, because I, yeah, go, go ahead. You, you hear, you hear a lot about like, well, I had three kids on 30 grand and it's like, I, I, I don't think people are lying when they say shit like that. I think that we're just going to have, a, we're going to have people who possibly even have kids and regret it because they were caught up in a reaction and they didn't realize that they were. That, uh, that then, describes a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah. But then, I mean, kids do change you. They, they change your whole life. I mean, I think like a realist, I think, I mean, this is a white pill. I mean, maybe I'm just being too hopeful, but I think what's going to happen is that economic conditions will probably get so bad that we'll go to like the traditional, like mixed tech, um, like the, the sort of, what do they call it? The, the German Vogue idea of the family where people will live in like small communities and they'll just say, fuck it. And they'll live in the existence of happy poverty. They'll, they'll take the Varge pill and they'll have like a, a bunch of kids, but you need a community around that to actually make it work. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just like a fantasy, but I feel like people are going to slowly start to disengage from like corporate wagey dumb. Well, they could learn. I, well, I think they're going to do that too. They're going to definitely remove from corporate wagedom, but that's partially because of like just the nature of like the internet destroying industrial society. Yeah. Well, first, what do we, what do we really need? Well, go go on, uh, Bimbo Ogrebench. I I mean, I kind of agree with Gio in the sense that people might retreat from that because they may have no other option. Like, I I think like the amount of work out there, like the, the amount of people who are underemployed is just going to be so much, quite frankly, like, the way we're headed that, you know, you know, the government might be like, here's, you can subsist off of this paltry UBI and you are subjected to, to rentoid status. And it's almost like a really, almost like a Stalinist way of living where yeah. you live with a bunch of people, but people may very well share a house or an apartment complex or something. 
And who knows, you might meet people on the internet and you're like, let's move to this city and subsist off of that UBI we got from the government. But I yeah, think that- Yeah, it'll be a, like declining Soviet Union phase. Yeah, UBI- Just like a mini baby boom in the 80s. Uh, UBI like, and, I can't, and uh, think, crypto scams. It'll be crypto scams and UBI and then only I, I can't think of a more displeasing- I can't think of a more displeasing environment than this. Oh, no, but see, Lev, the thing is, those that's, are full that's of... That's the future for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But but those are like pod-dwelling uh, urbanite. Like, they have this weird idea about living and working. But, I mean, if you... Like, basically, traditional communities, they were almost like that. There was, like, sort of this weird return to the longhouse mother ideal. I mean, whether that's good or bad. I mean, maybe things will get so depressed economically, physically, spiritually. It can't go on forever. People like, like young men can't keep dying from like opioids and young women can't keep uh, living like these squalid corporate existences forever. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't take, I mean, look, maybe the AI will come and put us, plug us into Soma machines. Who knows? I mean, look at what's happening in India right now. From what I understand, a lot of people are perishing from uh, the uh, epidemic of this new strain. Uh, I'm not exactly sure about the details, but they are not, like, as far as the culture there, there is not that much of a tradition of uh, cleanliness, unfortunately. So, I mean, it's true. You know, like, a lot of the problems that they're facing over there, it's uh, tragic uh, that these things are not uh, gotten together. But as far as how much does it take to educate people, to get them to the kind of uh, level where they're not going to turn their environment into a horrible place to live where there's rampant disease. That means that you have to devote a lot of time to raising your kids and raising your grandkids the right way that they know about all this stuff. You know, uh, teach them as a community, not even just as like the family, although the family is the most important part there. The point that I'm getting to here is that I am always a quality versus quantity type of person when it comes to the things we pass down so that we could be good guardians of the environment and of our environment so that these diseases don't start to be much more rampant so this idea of all these bug men and bug women mind you living in these pods you know together like all stinky and stuff like it's horrible and i want to do the reverse like we have already elon <laughs> musk's uh, internet thing have you seen uh, elon musk's uh, satellite internet starlink so that's going to enable people who have a farm somewhere or, you know, who have like some basic necessities to still be online. And that's a good step forward, right? Like you don't need to be connected to the grid yeah, but, as by, much. By the way, though, I think people actually don't like to only be online, right? I mean, I think what I've seen is that a lot of people are trying to actually move to places to, I mean, it's funny that you say like, oh, people are going to live so densely and like in small conditions. I think a lot of people are actually choosing to live closer to one another. And this is like a big thing that I notice is a difference between the States and Germany. Um, people move a fuck ton in the United States and it's normal. And it's actually weird if you kind of don't change your city, if you don't move from New York to LA, kind of like in a three to five year like cycle for your job. And I think this uncertainty of where you're gonna be in the future kind of plays into this inability to have relationships too. And that prevents actually family formation um, that would be easier in a place like Germany. People just don't move, like they kind of stay put. You you know that you're gonna be in a place for a long amount of time. Even if you do move, I mean, it's a small country in comparison, like you can drive three hours and you're pretty much, you know, across half of the country. So. I actually see that people are trying to move closer together in physical space. They don't only want to be online. And yeah, I oh, think that's, that's good. The opposite of me. I'm trying to get out uh, <laughs> and uh, move to the middle of nowhere with no taxes and get yeah. some. Yeah. Uh, 
Wait, but when you say closer together, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you have to be closer together with a, with a bunch of people you don't care about. You can be closer no, no, together no. with people. No, intentional communities. Exactly. Yeah. Intentional like communities. Like that's that's good, you know, be closer together and hear like the woodpeckers outside and the I don't know, chipmunks and the uh, roosters crowing in the morning. Like that's my idea of a good life. The only problem is that uh, I don't know how cohesive a lot of people are, especially, and this I blame a lot. I blame the um, uh, the wasps for this particularly, because this this the American wa wasp culture, which I don't even yeah, think, uh, like, I English think culture big... is like that. You well, know, like a... they put their old folks in retirement homes. That's the most one of the no, most but ridiculous here's the thing, thing I've ever seen. Can can you blame them when they've built up a lifelong like life? time of resentment and hatred for their parents hey. because they kicked them out oh that's like that is that a dog or yeah <laughs> looks like some yeah, weird sorry, this is my dog <laughs> it's, wow. like, it's like the dog a chinese emperor would own that's the dog <laughs> there's like. definitely a dog a chinese <laughs> emperor would own. he's a pekinese yeah. so she was yeah. chinese royalty wow yep everybody <laughs> subscribe for uh, this royal chinese dog okay. look at how beautiful wanna, it is so I, wish, I wish my dog showed up now so i can show you um, yeah, well, my cat showed up earlier. I yeah, think... your cat's so cute. I, <laughs> but as you were saying, Lev, I think as I mean, as the the whole you know great reset, no, you will own nothing and be happy thing continues. That actually, people don't take care of things they don't feel um some level of uh yeah responsibility towards and like if they don't with lack of ownership, like if you think about like you know college kids who rent an apartment, they destroy it or like. The projects are, are decrepit, not because people don't like where they live. It's because they don't feel any kind of whatever, uh, you know, accountability for the place but that I, they're living but in. But I feel like, I mean, being a med, it's so much different. I feel like the the wasp mentality of like you get kicked out when you're 18 and you have to go and like submit to this like grind culture, like rise and grind, all that crap. It's 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 very much like a product of like that. And hopefully maybe it's dying now, but very much that like corporate, like neo wasp American culture of like total detachment. You have to move away for college. You have to move to a big city to get anywhere. And it's sort of like you put your parents in a retirement home because you hate them unless, you know, you just pray to God that they die early of cancer. So you get your yeah. inheritance. But to they me, also like, hate, but they also hate you in a way. Well, not hate yeah, you. They but hate they you have especially, this... Yeah. They, they have this boomer like resentment coldness towards you. That I didn't see him Hyde talked about this. I, whereas like us Mediterraneans, it's like you know you only yeah. really I'm, and and you know, and, and the Bimbo, Jews you know and the Jews your, yeah and Jews Jew and, Mediterranean and Alliance. It's like yeah you only move out you only move out if you get married or you have a job where you're forced to move out. Other than that, like you know you live with your parents till whenever, right? It's not a big deal because I mean and it makes economic sense now. Like even uh. Indian Bronson was talking about this on stream, like how it's just more advantageous. If you have zero college debt, you still live with your parents and you actually like commit to like a passion that you could somehow make money off of. I mean, this whole, like, I think like, again, I, I don't mean to sound like a Mark cell, but it's true. Like consumer capitalism really like destroyed any sort of cohesiveness to community itself, because now you have to just the fact that you have to move away from places and the fact, like, I mean, the, the picture that you get, like, for example, if you go spend any amount of time on like the MGTOW manosphere circles, it's this thing of like, oh man, the cities are all like a gynocracy and you move there and women rule the roost and there's so much like potential for like local girls to move to the cities and get dicked by Chad. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know if that's true or if whether that's city by city, but it is true to the extent that you have the 
top quality women moving out of the fuck. I know, yeah, I know, Bruce, I know. No, I, um, it's just funny to hear you say it. Keep going. Getting dick bites. <laughs> yeah, no, fine. but you have high quality women that move out of the burbs to go to these big monoliths. And it's like, I mean, here, like really realistically among the people I grew up with, only a very few people actually do get married and have kids of my age because mm-hmm. they had parents that they have and they have resources. Right. I mean, it seems that marriage is another becoming like a luxury, like class issue in itself. Is so it, it really, again, as I said before, you people really need to understand that getting married is how you, uh, it's built into the design of the mm. uh, American economy. Like you're supposed to get married. It helps right. you consolidate resources. It you're helps you move economically forward. punished if you're single for long. Yeah. You're long. economically punished for being single. So, but again, there is incentive to keep, especially if you're, you know, in marketing and whatever to get sell products, you want to keep people from doing this. So I, I do think a lot of it is an economic um, push or like a, I mean, there's multiple factors, obviously, as we've talked about, but um, we know I was never taught that as a kid that like you're supposed to get married in order to proceed, you know, in the, you know, the design of like the American society. Like no one ever tells you that or they never told me that. I'm not sure if anyone else learned that. They told me that. My mom pulled me aside at like based. (laughs) Based. She's like, she's like, like, a Middle Eastern mom. eh? Well, the thing is she's pretty lindy but she never ascribed to the whole you know women should stay home and get tied to the hearth like to the stove she worked nine to five and she made great meals and she was very well dressed impeccable you know crazy but you know she that's that's you know that's a that's her that's her background um, and she was like, Sandra, you know, you need to do very well in the school and you need to have career, but you must also husband hunt. Like she said, <laughs> she said mm-hmm. you got to do both. She, she was like, that's what the South is like. It's amazing. That's what South was like in North Carolina. Like, like, and I think that this is like a way, a way a lot of brain drainer types who well, vicariously through their kids, they say this shit. They're like, they, they're so annoying about it. And at first you're like, oh my God, they're so annoying and they don't let me do anything. And they get talking to me about all this stupid shit. I'm like 15. This doesn't even matter. But <laughs> like, I guess I kind of internalized it because I was like, I, I think I really shit was really wrong. When I was in a car with a dear, with a friend of mine and she's 33 and she had an engagement, but it broke off and it was really unfortunate. I have, I have no umbrage against her at all, but she was, she also was very neurotic about stuff so she could drive people away. And she was crying in the car about how single she was. This 33 year old woman, I was like 19 and a half. So I scared you. I was scared shitless, man. I was like, I don't want to end up like this. This is sad. And I wanted to console her. I wanted to tell her, you know, you got to grow your hair out and you you go out on these dates. And I wanted to tell her that, but I didn't want to ruin the relationship because she had so much. She had like her career stuff together, but she really needed I just I just wanted to say something but I was just like I I can't I felt terrible I didn't know what to I, Well I wanted to that it, that could be a good jump off I mean we hear a lot of 
like that that is pretty sad i mean that's you know i mean i had a similar experience a lot of my old man's friends are like you know in their 50s and they never uh, had like they never got married or whatever i don't know maybe it was something in the water because we were in a po- we were in industrial town when my old man was a kid so maybe it was some kind of weird chemicals in the water that rendered all the men mentally ill and impotent who knows um except for my old man um but it's i wanted to ask like what we keep hearing about how like if you're a millennial or zoomer guy and your boomer parents sort of like left you by the wayside, what is the experience of being like a millennial or a zoomer woman? Like, did your mothers give you good advice? Did they, what was that relationship like? Or is that sort of like, cause you know, we hear about the stereotype of the daddy issues shit, but I think like there's probably a mommy issue going <laughs> for lack of a better term. I mean, what was that like, you know? Like I know, like Bimbo, your mother was based in red pilled, so that that was your own, you know. She was red pilled, but she's not like annoying about it. Like she wasn't mm. going on, you know. She she wanted me to to do to do well and to be self sufficient and make a living and, um, y- you know, and and everyone everyone from that family from my family is like that and brain draining or whatever the fuck, but. You know, I think she just instinctively you thought that. That's why I'd say she's more Lindy, you know? Like, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. But I mean, try this, to. This is, true. this is true with, like, um, this is true with um, Mormons, too. This is true with mm, modern Orthodox Mormons. Jews, especially modern Orthodox Jews. Like, they have high levels of achievement, man, male and female, and they get married rather early. So it's just like, you know, it's not a, it's not like this, this like hackneyed, like run through the wheat fields naked and stuff, because quite frankly, there are material concerns. Like, you know, you're not going to be able to subsist off of 30K and have a big plentiful family. If only you're, both people are going to have to bring in dough. Somebody's going to have to deal with the, the caretaking of the children. And, you know, that, that's just... It's not so cut and dry, but it really does come down to, you know, that shit I was talking about earlier. I'm sorry for ranting. Um, it's the paint. No, you have a great That's part of the fun. By the way, we're going to have Athena. She's coming in 10 minutes. Just uh, FYI, speaking of... uh, Mary Early Um, vibes. Speaking of Lindy. Uh, My parents, they divorced when I was like six. And, um, you know, my my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom. And after they divorced, she didn't know what to do to support herself and to support us. And so she internalized in me from a very young age, you need to um, be financially independent. You can't trust a man to, to, you don't know what'll happen. Maybe he'll die. Maybe he'll cheat on you. Maybe he'll leave you or maybe whatever. You can't, like marriage is not, it's still not going to be the end all be all. You have to be able to survive on your own. You have to be independent. Um, it's just survival for yourself and for your children. And so, but she also told me like, you can't date around, um, fruitlessly. You should be dating with marriage in mind, even if you're 18, you know, Mm -hmm. date men with potential, with long-term potential who are, um, strong and capable and competent and who you believe could make a good father one day. So yeah, it was, for me, it was very much both as well. Well, this is something I was talking about with Gio before. I'm curious about uh, what uh, you uh, wonderful ladies think about this. So when it comes to sovereignty and something like divorce laws, 
from what I understand, the difference uh, between today versus like, I don't know, 100 years ago uh, or even more is that when a woman usually got divorced uh, or the husband divorced the woman, ra uh, the wife rather, the then woman she was pretty fucked. much, yeah, they were, yeah, she yeah. was pretty much left with nothing. So the question goes back for me. It's like for people who want there to be more of a trad society, what is the proper balance between making sure that there are still going to be certain ways out there that women are not going to end up being completely screwed if that happens while at the same time not turning divorce court into a, like a complete hell that would make a man never even want to initiate marriage in the first place. I think you shouldn't so, be allowed to get divorced. I like I, that idea better. I, I'm, I'm, so I'm a divorcee. <laughs> I have, I have firsthand experience here. I I'm divorced. I got married super young. Um, my divorce was super easy. I didn't, I, only took what was mine, things that my ex-husband, you know, wouldn't want. We split up the assets that we got together evenly and cash. We walked out with the same, same dollar amount. Um, we're still friends. Uh, and I, I, every day, well, not every day, but I often, I think about like, why was it so easy for me? Like, what could, what could be up, like, what can I take and teach other people? So if you need to get divorced and you need to have like a no fault divorce, um, you know, cause I, I do think that there, there are marriages that shouldn't, that, that shouldn't go on. Right. Um, you know, how can you make it so both parties don't get screwed? We're both now we're both in happy relationships. You know, it's best possible case for, for divorce. Well, a lot of that um, is you to be, to be fair here. A lot of that is just, you happen to be those kind of people. This is definitely you. Well, but it's also, I think it's a, it's a time thing. So I think for me, the big issue, and I mean, my parents were divorced. My mom was a stay at home mom. Uh, same kind of deal. I think the, the problem becomes, first of all, having kids is a whole nother worm, uh, can of worms. Um, and if you defer basically career prospects by staying home, by raising children, and then, you know, after the divorce are basically left with nothing. So I think there has to be kind of like a middle ground, obviously, in a way um, that men don't get screwed if they're the sole providers, um, but also that we somehow value the real work. I mean, if, you know, <laughs> like me and my siblings would have been put in daycare and, you know, had all sort of the child rearing labor outsourced, it would have been a massive cost. Right. And so, I mean, this was done pro bono, let's say, um, by, you know, the mother, but it could also be, be done by the father. So, I mean, it's not sort of a gender thing, but it's, yeah, you have to split roles. That's one of the sort of points of marriage. And I think it's difficult when you get divorced. I do know that the new vibes actually are seeing a lot more things like uh, with stay-at-home husbands fleecing the wives if they're the sole provider. I've seen that a few ah, times. Actually. No, no, I've seen that a Can lot in recently in times. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's like so, like it, the whole the laws in general on divorce with kids are kind of are very brutal. In fact, yeah. Um, and th that that really needs to be fixed. Other like it's it's actually at this point like I mean there's so many horror stories I've read online when I was in like black pill, let me read MGTOW journals. And then like, I've seen a couple of divorces and like my parents are divorced. Oh, I've obviously. known men who their lives were destroyed by. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen, I've, I've known more than one person who've like been destroyed or like, and then you have to, everyone I've known so far we've been divorced, had to declare bankruptcy because of whatever craziness. Yeah. Totally different situation here. So it's just not. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. I'm just exposed to basically the other side of it. Cause I mean, obviously I'm, you know, I have uh, you know, other female friends who have parents who are divorced and it, it, it can go the other way too. So, I mean, I, I yeah, 
But I would do love you to hear, by that... the way, from uh, Catherine Brodsky. Mm. She is joining us right now, and we are going to have Afina coming in soon as well. Catherine Brodsky, thank you so much for coming here. Well, you caught us at a moment where we're talking about divorce, divorce laws, that kind of stuff. And uh, for those who know, don't know about Catherine, uh, she is a writer for Variety, Guardian, Washington Post, Playboy, Esquire, Vulture, CNN. So all that, all that good stuff. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here. Well, Thanks, do you love. have a do you have any thoughts on uh, the question of uh, what is a proper balance as far as divorce uh, laws go so that the man and the woman don't end up getting screwed? Like, I know how things are up in Canada uh, when it comes to uh, divorce laws. Oh, it's even worse in the States. Oh, the worst thing is actually, I don't know if it's so much divorce as this common law issue where you're basically, if you live together, I think... It was two years six before, months. now it's six months, which yeah. is absolutely insane. Um, and that's like, I, I, you know, divorce is a different situation. And I think also, you know, you can do prenups and things like that. But if you live with someone for six months, you're now basically married and have to split everything. That's, <sighs> that's really, really ridiculous. Is and, that true? Is that real? <laughs> yep. Wait, I how many people are living in Canada here? How many Canadians we have? We have three. That's actually, okay. that's actually true. Yes, after you, even if I wasn't married to my husband and if we lived for a certain amount of time, we would have basically have like common law status. And if we were to, God forbid, split up, then things would, things would have to be, you know, divvied up or whatever. I don't that's know. Crazy. It's just, it's really crazy. I, and it also just is a testament to the fact that a lot of people, when they move in with somebody and they're not even engaged, it's just like they're in this place of limbo and they don't even know if they want to spend their whole life with that person. And then, and then if this common law thing is, you know, very real and whatever, if they did split up, they were basically married in the first place. So, I mean, yeah. people need to really be, it's U.S. has common law too. U.S. has careful. it too, but it's like several years. It's like it's it's very weird in Canada. Like if it like you having to get in with man. Like it's just true. Yeah. I know people are desperate and they want to split finances, but it's just like, I mean, it's heartbreaking to, for me to see somebody who's in a committed relationship with somebody for an unprecedented period of time, and they want to ask, "Hey, are we gonna get married? What's the timeline?" what's our family situation going to look like? And then they're stringing them along. And then the woman doesn't want to be a bitch about it. Right. But like, you know, people have to discuss this shit. One of my biggest regrets was living with somebody and not even being engaged to never. I will. I would never do that again. If I have a daughter or a son or again, I tell them never move in until they're engaged. And a year from then, Get married. Lock that shit down. Don't let anyone waste your time. It's just a good rule of thumb. But, you know, I think it's a good idea to maybe live like for, you know, this is why that six month time period is so insane because i think it, it's not a bad idea to have people live you know maybe for half a year or a year together before they sort of decide whether they want to go their separate ways or not and especially right now i imagine during the pandemic a lot of people have coupled up you know maybe sooner than they would have otherwise and lived together so then the government like i think 
it's not the role of the government in these situations to come in. I mean, I think once people have made a, a commitment in terms of as far as marriage goes, you know, then I can understand that. And also you can put in some agreements in place before you marry, uh, like legal agreements. But but when you're just in the ritual of dating and perhaps trying to live together to figure out if this could work as a permanent solution, then, you know, that's not the role of the government, I think. But at the same time, I mean, there's this whole issue, I, I think, of, um, again, it always goes back to the question of like what women really want. <laughs> I hate to say it, but the the whole, um, what does BAP call it? Female-led relationships, I guess. Like, it seems that... Um, the dynamic is that they're like women are almost taking the role of the more predominant fi figure in the relationship. I mean, maybe that's just popular perception, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, does that really influence the longevity of relationships in general? It seems that um, neither men nor women can truly be honest about what they want in life in terms of what they like their goals are with like another person yeah 90 percent in one couple's like god oh my god well honesty seems like a great solution and why is it that people are so afraid to be honest with with each other um and i think people are really afraid to talk about certain things like money which is what comes into play i mean i think once you have children that's a bit of a different situation but mm -hmm. when you're talking about you know divorce, but even just like wanting you know, children in general that's another big issue right like yeah i think people yeah. do just discuss that aspect of it probably more you know sooner than later um for the most part i mean i can't speak for all relationships but um but they don't tend to like to talk about things like money and and money can become a pretty significant issue down the road so but they feel like they can't you know like i think if if somebody makes more money than another person i think it makes it really difficult to discuss that topic because nobody wants to be perceived as being after somebody's money um so yeah except for you know certain category of person i suppose there's I, always going to be an unequal uh, relationship though i think it's going to be very rare to say like this is like money wise and all other status wise the man and the woman is going to be completely equal that's i mean it happens but it's very rare yeah, no, it, and usually one person is is gonna earn more. I mean, that's usually how it goes. But, and it could be the woman, it could be the man. I mean, my friend who was in a relationship where she was living with someone who could have taken her to court because of these insane laws, um, he was making significantly significantly less money than her. Um, but you know, they parted on good terms, and he wasn't going to do that. But then you're like trusting the good grace of, and often when relationships. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I've definitely heard of a lot of negative experiences. I mean, I've never had a negative one, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think a lot of people have. And so, uh, you know, and, and then people use things like money as a, as a weapon or they'll use anything as a weapon. Right. And if the government mm -hmm. gives them that permission to wield that as a weapon, I think that's highly problematic. By the way, everybody, send us super chats. You have not been sending us super chats. So Sneed Unacceptable. Us super chats. Bimbified right now. marriages. <laughs> well, we got to get into bimbification versus bimbification. Mm -hmm. well, you know what's funny? Frank I actually had the opposite ha happen. My my girlfriend, uh, uh, male to male, transgendered me. What? Uh, and she used to like biohack me with like zinc. So it's a joke oh. that um, people who discredit the all right call male to male transgenders from like beta male to alpha male. But um, she used to like biohack me and like give me zing and, and like uh, make me change my diet 
because and she like she like no she like for real like biohacking behind like, her back or it was <laughs> no there was more uh, subtle so, yeah, forms the... there oh. now she um, red pilled me both literally and um wait so there's zinc and uh, what other supplements did she uh, slip in the uh, uh, slip in the z- drink? Zinc was a heavy one because um it produced it helps produce tea, um definitely omegas, but that was just for my mood. Um um pomegranate juice, a uh, massive improvement in testosterone production. Um, the I used to get she used to like Pavlov me into going to the gym a lot more. She 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 literally just turned me into like you know standard you know right wing bodybuilder yeah. he seems like yeah. a good influence uh yeah, I, I, are you li- still with her <laughs> no 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 this is no long story uh she's yeah we don't talk about her but she's the one who ruined <laughs> me and also made me base oh, we tried to marry her but you know she was trying but that, to that's fine. another thing too i wanted to get a woman's perspective on this because i've struggled with this for a long time because i guess not str- i mean I'm totally out of all these dynamics. I mean, I know nothing about this. I'm a total whatever. Are you going to uh, ask about free will, Gio? No, well, that too. But uh, no, I mean, like the the assessment that um, I guess when you're a young dude, you have this picture of, well, nowadays anyways, although this never used to be the, or rather it was kind of the case, but not really. The idea that, you know, if I just have the right person, my life will change. Um, I find the right GF and all of a sudden it's like I can levitate. But a lot of women, they tend to like instinctively almost nowadays, they say that um, that's not the case, that it won't change your life, that it's not like there's a lot of it, it seems like a lot of men, I hate to say it, they do seek like a, you know, mommy GF dynamic for a reason that there's sort of like a um, deep emotional need there. And that a lot of women, they're almost instinctively repulsed by that. Like even men just being honest about their emotional needs is sort of like a massive turnoff. Like our good friend James, who runs the uh, Women Posting Their Owls account, the famous one that blew up was like the one woman who tweeted that like uh, men have to show emotional vulnerability. Then right the next tweet, she the same woman says that, you know, my boyfriend opened up to me emotionally. I had to fight my everything I had to like not laugh in his face, right? So it's like... I don't know, like, as like, what is the woman perspective on that? There seems to be a lot of emotionally needy men, and I'm of course not immune from this. But I, I don't know, like, there's is it, there's a reason why there's almost like an instinctual repulsion to that. I don't know. Needy isn't vulnerable, right? Like, mm. I think a lot of men um, take more than they give, uh, but mm. that's not the same as being honest about what you're really feeling and like not being afraid to like cry in front of your girlfriend if like for example like uh one of your parents passes away right so i think there's there's a fine line um you know like i i, I know i have a male friend who really struggles with dating and i don't think he realizes it's because he's constantly emotionally offloading onto the to the women he oh, dates wow. But it's that's totally different than like yeah. just being honest about where you're at. This is yeah. real. This is real. This is actually how I ruined one of my relationships. This is one of women. my all my male friendships. I feel like lately, it's um, emotional. You know, yeah, no one ever teaches us this one. Um, you have to ruin at least one relationship via offloading. I, I learned this lesson the hard way. I feel like like uh, you and default friend. What you do is you have a male orbiters that you keep around for uh, emotional reasons. No, I'm fucking kidding. I'm kidding. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean why is it is there almost like an instinctual repulsion to that like emotionally because it seems like 
you know, a lot of young dudes, we do have this idea that it's like Nirvana. That's like, you know, you, it's like that one episode of Simpsons where, where Bart didn't have a, a soul. So like he, he can't like go to the Island, the mirror, the magic, uh, he- heavenly Island. And he's like rowing with one, one row stick of one paddle. And it's like, everyone else is crossing that board. It's, it's almost like this crazy thing where, um, we feel like it's going to change our lives. And all of a sudden the status symbol thing opens up, but a lot of women like are starting to say that, you know, no, it's not the case that it's like, there, there's some almost like an instinctual repulsion to guys who sort of have this need to uh, not just offload, but their entire emotional experiences lived through the fact that they have a, you know, a relationship. I don't know. It's weird. Well, because how how else do a lot of uh, guys uh, define themselves if they don't have anything else to define themselves by? That's a big problem. Like, but they just but it don't seems that usually, like, like historically, it's like you know the cliche that like a woman, a woman enters a relationship, they adopt the personality of their BF or their their husband. But it seems it's like almost this weird uh, reverse of that. It seems that a lot of guys now they're like, you know, I'm in a relationship as a personality sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's like on Twitter where they have the uh, uh, description husband and, you know, it's like, mm, not yeah. that there's anything wrong with being a husband, but it's like if you're broadcasting I personally think if you're married, your... uh, you, you shouldn't interact with your, your uh, significant Wait. other on Twitter. <laughs> Gio, are, are you saying like the repulsion against like the wife guy archetype? Is that what you're talking about? Well, not just that, but also like the repulsion to like men being like... Um, thinking like like i guess the emotional labor issue comes up like the repulsion to like men not just being needy but like it's it seems like they think that um having a gf or a a wife is going to instantly like solve all of their problems i don't know i see like a lot of women instinctively they hate that idea because i maybe it just it's a lot of pressure but i mean like hot take the guy is right yeah he's definitely right yeah he's not gonna what do you mean he's right what do you mean like your problems don't get solved by having a wife it actually complicates it it's more variables. oh yeah yeah and also with the offloading actually this is something i did not understand for a long time but i actually think this is part of the issue is the this whole push for therapy type of thing mm. and i always rant about this on my twitter um what we think of as men because we're not like as i would say on the whole not as um well versed in emotional vulnerability right so what we think of as like being open because a lot of men are trying when they're offloading um, is it ends up just being an emotional dump. What, what they, what women really more so want from my, from what I've gathered is more like intimacy slash some kind of insight into your feelings without actually you like dumping. So that, that like line, most men just don't have that option. It's like a faucet. It's either on or it's like on or yeah, off. We don't, right? we're not either, very, yeah, it's true. And the, a lot of this push to be like, to like go to therapy and to like therapize, whatever is it, it makes men hyper more fixated on their emotions than they otherwise would be because i actually don't think that men are really deliberately being distant emotionally i think we are you you just we often in our processing it's like i can make the emotional decision or i can make the rational decisions and say my emotions be damned and when we start fixating on the is when you get the the faucet dump of emotions and it wasn't until one day i was like oh i can just not do this and everyone's happier and that's why men are like don't stop caring you know, don't all you have to do because... look at this peppy yeah it's not it even seems, yeah it's not that we it don't seems... care is that 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 faucet is kind of on or off it's binary it yeah. seems to me that like one is being needy 
the dumping, the emotional dumping that you speak of. And the other way is being, is just sharing, right? And there's a difference, you know, being needy is like more about wanting that approval and that it's a different situation that I think um, just sharing somebody's emotion is. And one, and so one puts a lot of pressure on the other person and the other one is just like, okay, you're sharing my feeling, your feelings. Yeah, I think the one is, so the sharing you speak of is more like revealing your innermost self kind of thing, which can be, you know, I think super insightful and I think women tend to like this. Um, the other is more of an ask. I think this emotional dump thing is like, you really, you want something from the other person in return, not just yeah. for them to listen or kind of be present or yeah just be there but you kind of you, you you need something from them you need you know whatever you need them whatever fills that Validation hole whatever. or yeah yeah exactly and so then you know you feel as the listener in that interaction like okay now there's the pressure now I have to kind of deliver and if this is kind of the daily thing then of course I mean this isn't just an intimate relationships but I've had this in friendships too that you mm-hmm. know can can tend to be one way in this way um and yeah, definitely titrating it and having it be more of a sort of communal sharing um, versus just a frontal monologue and dumping and then needing something from the other person in return, I think is definitely a, a good But story. I think this is the flip side to that whole, like when women are like, man, I don't want you to solve my problems thing. Men are like, I need you to try help solve my problems. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and there's, I've never met a woman who understands that or who's demonstrated the flip side, which is fair. This is what everyone, that's kind of the, uh, the, 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 the hetero, um, heterosexual relationship problem. Is Although I do think if there, there was if there was a like a, a, a defined question at the end of like we can, can keep calling this like an emotional dump or whatever it sounds a little derogatory, but um, if there was a concrete question and you know someone's like okay now help me work through this, I think I would feel much different about it, right? Because then you're like okay now I'm in problem solving mode. I think that's that makes it a little easier kind of than if it's I, really just like a woe is me kind of thing. I think I'm in a, like my personality is very much in trouble solving. So that's because I've lately I've had like a, a few, quite a few relationships, like uh, uh, friendships with men where, you know, they are emotionally dumping on me. And my default is to try and solve the problems in some way. So I don't know. I didn't know that that's not so common. Um, I, although I will say that men, I feel, tend to do that a lot. And sometimes it's frustrating because sometimes <laughs> I just like, okay, I just want you to listen to me and hear that I'm like having a challenging time and I don't want you to solve my problems. But then I just realized that I myself do that to men uh, and women, um, equal opportunity problem solver <laughs> by the way i'm not sure if we have jules or olivia here if it's jules using olivia's account or if it's uh olivia jules's girlfriend so uh l- let me know i, I think it's jules because he dm'd me and i would i would hope olivia doesn't know who i am <laughs> well either way there we go uh i don't know if uh, you can talk right now or not olivia or jules can you talk right now are you there i'm here it's olivia oh never mind. hey what's up there we go how are so you? Nice, good. Nice to have you here, Olivia. What do you think of the conversation Thanks, I'm so excited. far? Well, I just hopped on, so I, I just started listening, but I'm excited to hear more. So everybody, don't forget to subscribe once again to Break the Rules. We are constantly growing thanks to your help, and uh, we should have Afina coming in uh, pretty soon. But I do want to get back to... Uh, Sissification Ugh. versus bim- bimbification oh, that Frank Hassel did. Well, no, just uh, what what uh, what the bimbo identity is in general. I think is yeah. Uh, well, I, first, I this... what's the sissy identity? Just so we understand the difference between the two. 
So a sissy would be somebody who would like, you know, play with their dolls. Someone who reads Lacan and Deleuze and they have bad ears. <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> uh, yeah, the cowboy Deleuze. That's the sissy personality. <laughs> Yo, shout out I to Yuli. Sure <laughs> <laughs> That's my man's right there. Actually, I wanted him on the podcast, but he didn't feel comfortable. Oh, man. I, oh, you, I love uh, Ulysses. Yeah, Ulysses. And I and I appreciate his new his new foray into catboyism, and yeah, say no, no more. Verse. Say no more. Yeah, mm-hmm. you muted yourself right at the end there. But also, by the way, I do want to say. Oh yeah, I was done. Pa- oh okay. We do have a Patreon, and it is very important, especially with the amount of people who are watching this right now, to shill our Patreon. Patreon.com slash BreakTheRules is where you go, and you are going to get a lot of beautiful things when you become a patron. First off, $5 members are going to be the BTR Percolators, which means that they have access to the hidden parts of our Discord server. They also have the ability to post images in the BTR chat, which you see over here in uh, the uh, in the uh, Zoom call. And again, it is a uh, right. No, it is a privilege, not a right, which uh, you all know what that means. And uh, $20 members are going to get beautiful magnets created by my father, one of which I have right over here. I mean, I have uh, dogs in the background, but I also have a dog in the foreground here. This is the definitely legit magnet that my father created. We are going to be sending this one out to some uh, lucky uh, BTR uh, patron very soon. And uh, we are also going to have, for $30 members, beautiful prints from the great Giovanni Panacchietti. And uh, we recently got a new member, uh, a new patron, $50 patron, by the way. So $50 patrons are going to get all that. Plus, they're going to get a beautiful figure painted by Jules Hamilton from the Warhammer 40K series. They're going to get another painting by Jules. I mean, sorry, by Gio. And they're going to get a... uh, custom magnet wooden magnet completely custom whatever they want they are going to get so a recent request has been for uh, creating a little cat that's curled up in nice uh, cute curled up pose so that is what's going to be done there and we also have the uh, inflated lioness on the way so that is patreon i'm showing oh, patreon God. right now and also go oh. to twitch.tv slash break the rules that is our uh, twitch site uh simultaneously streaming this as well as dlive.tv slash break the rules. And lastly, but not leastly, you have to join us on Odyssey. Follow Break the Rules on Odyssey. We are going to be uh, doing live streams on Odyssey as well. Go there right now. This is as Stix Hexenhammer 666 calls it new tech. Not all tech, but new tech. So that is all I wanted to say. And also, I want to ask Catherine, what do you think of my background with the dogs? What, what, what do you think of that? Oh, shit, we have Egg White. Eggy donated $5. Shout out to the stream. Nice. See you all in the new future. Well, he's not here in person, but he's here uh, virtually. In spirit. And yes, and he's also going to be here. I forgot to show my show that's coming up. And we got Afina Hayat in here right now everything is coming up roses but i want to quickly show the show that afina and uh daggy are going to be on this is going to be happening this sunday be sure to go to my youtube channel and this is the left stream and the left stream is going to have another art stream this sunday 2 p.m eastern this is it right over here. You have Afina Hyatt and you have Eggy. This is happening, so be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel as well, Left Polyakov, youtube.com slash leftpolyakov. That's an easy way to uh, type it in. But anyway, enough shilling. Let's the go Arnold. to uh, 
the honor yes. is, is very appreciated. I, I love it. So thank you. I, I, you know, I'm grateful for the, the support and the uh, following within my cult of gatherinology. Excellent. All members must wear sunglasses. It's, it's part of the requirement. <laughs> So, uh, Athena, thank you so much for coming in. We ever, well, we were having a lot of different conversations. I don't even know where to start with uh, yourself. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know, like, uh, let's talk about uh, tradition, because I think a lot of the things that we were leaning on is how uh, there isn't that much tradition today when it comes to a lot of male-female relationships. You are from Kuwait. Would you say that tradition, there's enough tradition there or there's too much tradition there? How would you how would you define it? We do have a tradition. I mean, when it comes to marriage and relationship, there's definitely a sense of tradition, but it has shifted from arranged marriages to something else. Uh, arranged marriages aren't so common nowadays. It's more like, how do I even explain this? So the way relationships go in Kuwait is that when a girl meets a guy, First of all, it's usually secret. The parents don't really know. Um, and then when uh, they want to get married, and this is the thing with uh, women in Kuwait, it's uh, when they meet a guy, they wouldn't get in a relationship unless they see themselves um, marrying that guy. Not to generalize, there are exceptions. But when it comes to marriage, um, it's like very formal always. The guy always has to ask the girl's dad for permission. And um, we have arranged marriages in a sense, like uh, I have a cousin that just got married and the way she knew her husband was from my mom because he was my mom's friend's son. And uh, she just told her son, like, like, I know this girl, she would be a really good wife. And then they just met up a few times and they really liked each other and now they got married. So they knew each other for like a month before they got married. So it's still there, but it's not as, strict as it was in the past where mm. the man and woman didn't really know each other before they got married and what would happen in the case that uh there was this romeo and juliet style as pharaoh phoenix uh called it situation in the old days would there be let's say an impetus for the uh like in certain old russian fairy tales uh for the uh uh father of the uh, girl to start like trying to beat up the the young man trying to kill him attack him like what what, what, would, what would happen in that sense and also we have I... a shout out uh five us dollars byzantium archon athena is best guest thank you so much that's so sweet i think all of the ladies uh on here today are the best i really like yes. all of them yes diplomatic um, mean, like... she, meaning that and she hates you. all of you oh and and <laughs> you no, no. and all of the guys of course that's cool (laughs) i love you guys all of you (laughs) love you too but yeah with the the romeo and juliet situation i feel like i can relate to that because charles and i were in that situation because he's american and that's um you know it's not very common in kuwait where a kuwaiti girl marries an american guy um so in, in the beginning we were in that situation where it took a while for me to really talk my parents into it and they had to meet him and they were very very strict with it like the the requirements they placed on Charles were quite strict were very very strict 
Uh, so I feel like we were in that situation, but with Arabs now, they're opening up to the idea that, oh, my daughter might actually fall in love with a Western guy and they might want to get married. But the only thing that most families want is for the husband to convert to Islam. Otherwise, it's like there's no way they could get married. Wait, so uh, did Charles convert to Islam? <laughs> I mean, you could Based. convert. Inshallah. <laughs> Inshallah. In a way. Inshallah. Yeah. I hope my parents aren't watching this. I don't did think he, they uh, Did he pull a John Brennan? I mean, he converted. He converted. Wow. I think, no, but think <laughs> of it this way. That's it. pretty, that's pretty yeah. like based um, social interactions there because like the dynamic is like a, a man, he really has to like work and prove his worth to a woman that he wants to marry. And it's like Charles, he obviously like withered the storm and that just is approved, approves like his immense love for you to actually like, you know, like <laughs> my old man went through a similar situation with my mother uh, because mm. my grandparents were quite like old world, like Hills of Calabria type of mentality. So like in his family was more like Westernized. Right. Um, and so he had to, he had quite like a, you know, yeah, it's similar dynamic going on. So, but, but really, I mean, I think that's a good thing because traditionally the man, they did have to like prove their worth if they yeah. really were serious about yeah, marriage. Yeah, so. he, he definitely had to prove a lot to my parents. Uh, I think that before they met him and before they spoke to him in person, they were more hesitant. But when they sat with him and talked to him, they absolutely fell in love with him. And him and my dad would speak like four hours every night. He stayed over at my parents. It was amazing. And we, we both definitely sacrificed a lot to be with each other. Oh, yeah. And and it does seem in a way that when you go through that kind of hurdle in order to get to the next level, it's almost like, karmically speaking, you make up for, uh, you know, you end up making up for that by having a very nice relationship afterwards, as opposed to having like an easy in into a relationship and then it falling apart later on where you find like, Oh, it's not really the right fit or whatever. But even so, the question of sacrifice yeah. in general, like the thought of sacrificing something for your partner, that's kind of like unthinkable nowadays of a certain generation. Right. So. Yeah. Well, it's very sweet. We have a very good relationship and my parents know that I would never really marry a guy from Kuwait or any Arab guy because I, I just don't get along with them. So they were like, okay, so she's getting married to an American. At least she's getting married. Yeah, well, you could have uh, you could have gone a different direction. You could have uh, married somebody from Turkey. <laughs> that wouldn't have worked out. Don't, I love that. Don't thing. even just don't even mention that. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, because you post. Oh my God! Well, I, I met a I met a Turk the other day. One <laughs> what, what, what of my favorite memory TV. Well, the Turks things. hate the Turks hate Joe Biden now. Did you hear about that? They invaded his uh, his one tweet. I'm not... Oh, that was actually uh, really funny. But I, didn't, no, I understand it. So I didn't understand it, but that tweet was hilarious. 
didn't Erdogan want to say like, okay, so you talked about the Armenians. It's my turn to talk about natives. Yeah. <laughs> no, this shit was so fucking funny. <laughs> I. By the way, I love this one from Memory TV. So over here, he says, Moreover, the English here have a custom. On Christmas, they eat what they call turkey. Imagine, they call it turkey, and they serve it as food at the table. This shows the kind of hatred that is deeply rooted in the West. They serve the Turkish, Ottoman, Muslim man as food at the table. <laughs> isn't there also, in the other weird country, isn't it Peru? Actually, Peru means turkey. Pretty sure. Why do they keep calling these birds different countries? Like, why not just come up with a name that's not going to offend and cause, like, international problems? But anyway, uh, be, be that no as it said. No, yeah, no such thing indeed. Now, Athena, yes, yes. what is your view of the West? So how long have you been living in the West in general? Um, I would say three years. I lived in Arizona, then Gothenburg, Sweden, and then Munich in Germany, and now I'm in uh, the New England area. And do you notice a difference between uh, women who are uh, in the West as opposed to women who are in uh, Arabia? Have you only, by the way, uh, like, have you have you traveled in other places in Arabia as well? Or no? Yeah, I've been to many countries in the Middle East. I've been to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain. Uh, I've been to the UAE, Lebanon, a bunch of places. And uh, which one would you say is the closest to uh, the Western uh, world? I would say in regard to the dating culture, I would say Lebanon. I feel like they're more, uh, what, what's the word? They're more relaxed when it comes to dating. They're not as strict. There are some mm -hmm. uh, religious families, uh, like, you know, honor killings are still legal in Lebanon if I'm not mistaken. So there are oh. some very religious families, but uh, when it comes to most people, dating is very westernized there. Well, Lebanon, uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Senior Lindy Man, as I call him sometimes, uh, Nassim <laughs> Talib. He's from Lebanon. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and uh, Lebanon in general, I believe, wasn't that the place where uh, either Jesus was supposed to come from there uh, or I believe it was also the place where uh, those sailing peoples, what what are they, the names right now? Sea peoples. peoples. The sea, yeah, but specifically uh, they have a name, which means red. And I'm trying to remember the name of it right now. No, no, no. Uh, they had a colony. Phoenicians, thank you, yes. Yeah, so I believe oh, no, no, not different country. Different culture, yeah, yeah. but yes. So I believe that was the place of the Phoenicians. And uh, there was like a legend about how the Phoenicians were the original Atlanteans and how they uh, restarted civilization by bringing all the same things to Sumeria, to everywhere. So I know I honestly find that that's that's something that I'm interested in. But at the same time, it has nothing to do with relationships. It has nothing to do with women. So I'm going to shut up about that. No, but Lebanon has a very uh, vast ancient history. I mean, uh, Biblos is there, which is where the bible the name bible comes from mm. so there's very vast history lots of ancient civilizations that have been erased and uh we have somebody named derek samak oh i don't know who that is in the chat so does anybody know who this person is because i'm not gonna let in somebody who i don't know who that is i don't know how they found this but whatever anyway yes no i i i 
my trigger finger is very uh, controllable. So anyway, when it comes to uh, ancient civilizations and uh, marriage and things of that nature. Oh, we got a fi 50 NOK from Martin K who says, Hell Paprika, Hell Nord Nordball. I don't know what that means, but there we go. 50 NOKs. Thank you so much, Martin K. He's a wonderful guy, one of our great patrons. Uh, thank you so much for that. So anyway, when it comes to ancient civilizations, mystery schools, all that stuff, do you believe that marriage is something that uh, is going to, let's say, that there's a mystery to the whole process of marriage, that there is some somewhat of a mystery school vibe of the process of, let's say, uh, two figures, one wearing black, the other wearing white, having some kind of, I don't know, like a alchemical transmutation thing going on. Or do you think a lot of this is uh, silly and today, like, uh, it's not really that relevant? No, I think uh, symbolism in many ceremonies are very profound and they have a lot of meaning. Um, I haven't read much about the symbology of marriage, but I know that with the, the rings, that's very interesting to me, how the wife and husband exchange rings a lot of people say oh it's the rings of saturn but i think that's i don't think that's it i think it, that's just very stupid to just say it's the rings of saturn i think it's much more than that because it's such a a big thing marriage so they must have implemented very meaningful symbology in it i'm just not sure what it is i haven't mu read much about it I'm just interested in how, because uh, I read this book called The Bach Saga. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's about how there was no such thing as relationship in the past in that way. Man and woman were only together for procreation. And uh, it's about this guy who's from Finland, I believe, and he talks about how his family still practice that where his ancestors were siblings and cousins because it's like a specific ring and cycle that they cannot break. Uh, and it's very parallel to what royal families do, how they procreate with family and they don't procreate with anyone outside their families. So I think there's something very, I don't know if it's this, I mean, it is disturbing, but it's something, there's something about that, why they don't, procreate outside their families i think i went a bit off topic but no no that is definitely connected so uh rings i mean just the shape of a ring it's like the ring of fire that shiva dances around it's the ring of uh the ouroboros the snake eating its own tail it's just the cycle that we're all in so i'm one of these people who thinks that there are like cycles within cycles and it's possible to ascend beyond whatever cycle we happen to be in right now. But that also goes to the question of modernity today and marriage and whether we have like this aristocratic class of incels or valcels rather, <laughs> who would, let's say, decide to uh, forego. The neat, the yes. neat aristocracy the is real, love. The need shall inherit the earth. Yes. It's true. So, when it comes to those people, they decide, you know what, we have all these stupid divorce laws, like, we are going to instead work on our spirit. And sometimes I wonder if this may be a repetition of what happened, let's say, with the Essenes back in the day in, like, a pre-Christianity. Because what were the Essenes? The Essenes were, like, these 
uh, monks who decided to forego society. And uh, I don't know, like Geo, you may be much more because um, uh, you're you're actually Christian. Like you may be more versed in whatever was going on back then. Like the Desert Essenes. Fathers. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, there there was always throughout history um, a, a class of men and women, by the way, that would sort of drop out of like the normal um the normal like so social roles that were expected of you for various reasons usually of a religious and philosophic nature and i wonder if we're going to like see nowadays a return of this where certain a certain percentage of men and a certain percentage of women they will find they will find like this sort of situation we're in either so incredibly difficult that they decide to focus on other things or i don't know maybe uh but then again it's different like i mean it's crazy to think about but like there's even like women now who are like dropping out quote unquote of of these dynamics and you know maybe that trend will also continue i've seen that My, trend as well it's very spicy I've, take i know uh, a lot of uh people uh mainly men i haven't met any any women that have done that but they think that life has become so difficult and they're just so sick of it that I know of multiple men, two of them are my friends who have just dropped out and they've traveled to Tibet and they live in monasteries. That's kind of nice, actually. I respect that. Yeah. Or do uh, you my... think like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to. Yeah. No, you're no, fine. No, no, you're, this ahead. is your show. You're, you're the... Yeah, this is your show. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, like that, the, the whole, you know, vol cell tendency, or will there be another intelligentsia, like perhaps of like, Bill Dung's Burgerton, where like a German sort of intelligentsia, where you know they are you know like really bohemian and have are like super suave <coughs> and Bless like you. actually fucking. I don't know, or like maybe there's both. Maybe we'll have like the people who live this sort of monastic sort of existence, like Lev has brought up. But what about like what about the really like the chief keeps of the world. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, let's keep going. I like this. I don't know. Do you think that perhaps there will be both of these types? Like these, both of these lines of life? more NBA young boys. I think. Chief I think like what's yeah, the, like every like mystery school, every mystical um, like bohemian artist or like mystical circles, like even the 19th century, for instance, with like theosophy society, like they were, they were like, you know, choice uh, men who like, they weren't conventionally attractive, but they were, you know, they, they had like uh, an immense harem of women. And I don't know, maybe there'll be like some kind of like zoomer, like uh, cults of personality going on where like mm -hmm. there, there will be like a return to a Pareto patriarchy model where some like dude, like some fucking David Koresh dude will like, you know, uh, have the, the choice well, of women who seek spiritual like, fulfillment. Look, look what happened no, to David The Bitcoin Koresh. Citadel. Yeah, there will be like Citadel. crypto by citadels. The, of, yeah, by the citadels. way, we have a... Uh, everyone in Booba Hub has mad kids. It's definitely, it's kind of crazy. Oh, what about the Nexium so cult? <laughs> oh, was, there you go. Nexium, yeah, yeah. yes. That'll be another one, yeah. yeah. By the way, we got, to, we, we got Derek in the house. Derek uh, Samas, thank you so much for coming in. You are a friend of Jules's. Derek Donrique Samak. Derek Donrique Samak. You are an expert in design and brand strategy. You are also a musician. Welcome, my friend. 
Hello, Lev. Hello, everybody else. Great to be here. Um, I'm just I'm just very quickly catching up to speed. Sounds like there's a lot of deep things going on. So, yeah. well, I, I believe in alchemical uh, transmutations. We're seeing them today with the uh, linking up of uh, Spottam Gottam and the uh, which, as I said before, means what is like, this? Love Pushaisti, that's my dog. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And Poo, you know, okay, verse Pushaisti yeah. is my in dog. Russian. In Russian, it means oh. Pushisti. Pushisti means fluffy. I, d I don't know if you were aware of oh, that. Oh, I did not know that. Now, now Poo's you know. nickname, Shisty, implies uh, that he's uh, a criminal of sorts. He's a, uh, he's, um, Conman. Yeah, and then no, not common, but he's shysty. He's like um, shyster Yiddish. A shyster. No? Yeah, he's shyster a shyster. Is yeah. Yiddish. Yeah. And yeah, there we go. Exactly. Shysta means shit. So shit. Yeah, literally shysta. exactly he's the same getting definition. Getting up to shit. A garbage yeah, man, as they say in English. And uh, but, and as the song says, but poo, you know, I'm really shysty because I actually do get up to shit. But yeah, continue. <laughs> well, now, uh, no, way, no, guys, when it came, yeah. Can I do? I I'm gonna have to hop off because it's getting kind of late here. It's like midnight, and I have some things tomorrow. But uh, thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you for coming it's been on. Super thank super fun. So much. Please so. come please, again. Please follow uh, Alicia on uh, Twitter. Oh I'm gonna shit! Bring, uh, yes, I'm gonna bring your account in uh, right over here. One second, but I want to say it was a great honor to be here with you. I appreciate you. You are a wonderful, wonderful human being, wonderful person. Here we go. This is your Twitter. Thank right for over you here. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you much for being here. So one thing with uh, a spot him, got him and Pushaisti, I think just like the unfortunate, the uh, hapless uh, old Ben Garrison who got memed by 4chan into being a, a, a Nazi. Is there something going on with uh, poor Spottom Gotham where 4chan has memed him into being this uh, this gay fuckboy? Nah, that's or just Florida. He... A twink? Isn't he just from Florida? That, like, that hairstyle is Florida, right? No, but they keep talking about like how people want to have sex with him. Like, what what is, uh, men Love, have sex with him? Why are we talking like, about this? Why? No, I'm just why? I'm just confused. Like, is this uh, something that has oh, anything to do with uh, with uh, Spottam Gotham or well, is no? This, this is a rap you... culture in general. There's many well, down low gangster rappers as it. Well, Lev, what you're saying, exists. what you're saying is that this will lead to a greater cisification of men, and uh, now that they're going to. Um, yeah, because it's going into the rap community, and it's that's like, what I mean. Yeah, being... there, there seems to be a conscious effort to uh, destroy the image of like the strong, like virile, like uh, masculine black man that they they want to like do this, like they want to meme like the the cisification thing. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> no, that's true. That's that's the Illuminati ritual where the black guy has to wear the dress on TV. But that's different yeah, than yeah, the yeah. download rap gangster rapper. Download gangster rapper has a very long history. That's why there's a Boondocks episode about Gangstalicious. Um, and it is a very common trend. This is not even like a joke. This is like a very common trend of like very notable gangster rappers being actually gay, but having to like actually Moonlight that got an Oscar. Didn't it get an Oscar? Uh, yes, Moonlight, that movie Oscar, literally yeah. is about this topic about like download yeah. gay guys uh, pretending to be super thug to like. But, but now that it. like like the female led relationship thing is very interesting. Like, I, I guess. I mean, there there is like you know that role reversal, but I, I guess I don't know. As as more men, it's it's really weird how um, there's this expectation that you have to sort of lower yourself in terms of your like masculinity. But at the same time, it seems that there's an equal pressure on young women to like play this like I don't know, like AOC girl boss thing going on. I don't know. It's really weird. It's like we don't think about that i guess again we don't think about this because we're like in this 
you know, <laughs> bubble, but uh, the, the expectation that young women have to fulfill this role of being the dominant in any sort of social interactions, mm. like really. Yeah. Well, uh, Donrique, do you notice that in uh, your uh, your circles as well? That there is this uh, more of a uh, need for women to, uh, you know, put the boots on, so to speak, than there was before? Um, yes and no. Uh, I tend to only uh, attract people who want to be dominated, though. So it's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of both. But I see it. I think it, I think it has to do with how you how you're perceiving the world around you. I think it's kind of that's the space that we're moving into. It's like whatever you want, that's what you're going to get. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that answers the question, but sort of. The secret. This is the secret. Yes. Yeah. Get, get into that thing, but mm -hmm. it's really, it's really how, yeah, how you, how you perceive it. You know, it's, everything comes from your own intention and your own um, vision of, of the world. I think it could go either way. Depends on what kind of conversation we want to have. No, I definitely believe that. I mean, uh, Trump believed it as well. One of his uh, big uh, mentors was this guy who, I don't remember his name right now, but he uh, used to preach in this church. I don't know if he was a Christian guy. I think he was, but the, his whole thing was about like this project into the world, whatever you want to accomplish. And so Trump was somebody who took that in spades, as, uh, as we saw. You know, uh, So I don't know, like something like that. I dig with it. I think a lot of us, though, have been frang hassled for a very long time where we're just constantly on edge, constantly worried about the next thing that's going to happen. And I think that that is something that drains our energy and prevents us from achieving those goals that uh, you, Donrique, just talked uh, about. That's very not Heideggerian. We don't support this. No. Yeah. No, but that's uh, another thing, thing, too. It's it's really weird how like there's such an inauthenticity to like dating culture in general. It seems like like young men but also young women we have to sort of like um play like we have to like not change the sort of po socio-political situation around us but rather like conform to it by doing these like little games that seems like so soul crushing in a way that the way like like men will have ways to game the system uh women will have other ways it's just i don't know it's like has it always been this way or is it just that we're more aware of it because we live in such like a, a media saturated world like i don't know it's like it seems that people are just driven towards inauthenticity in general like you, know, you mentioned heidegger right like the community of mortals is sort of dead we don't live in any sort of like greater what does authentic mean though geo like do people have personalities to return to oh that's the question right or it like, or do we have to like create them? I don't know. Like, well, what, I, well, what is your take default from? What do you think about the question of authenticity? Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I like, honestly, I don't want to give up on my tricks, but I feel like I throw that word in just to make sure I'd stay, you know, firmly in my like shit lib <laughs> you know, place. Uh, but like, I, don't, I mean, I think there, I think there are things like, I think like be like, when I think of being authentic, I think like, you know, if, if you're gay, like you're gay, like there's, it, you are, or you aren't right. And to me, I think what make, what's authentic to you boils down to things that are that essential, but then it's like, oh, I have to travel or like, I have to have an apartment full of plants like that. That isn't, that, that's ornamental. And I think that we've really, I, I feel like people argue against authenticity because they always think of it as this like ornamental thing. But yeah. when I think of it, I, it's like, we, we don't want compulsory heterosexuality. Like we don't want like these poor women being married to gay men because they feel like that's all they can do. 
uh, you know, like or any number of iterations of that. Um, but then it's like you don't you, like you don't have to live in a studio apartment. Like you you know you could do whatever is more convenient for you, right? Like I think that's a delineation that needs to be made. Interesting. Well, uh, it also go yes. My only thing with authenticity, I think authenticity is more so like as as long as you're being as long as you're not second guessing your actions, that's kind of authenticity. I don't I don't know if authentic like an authentic personality is real. Like I mean like as much as I like, you know, I'm I, I'm not one to like uh, regret or to like, you know, try to like lie. I'm not. I don't. I don't really do that. I'm kind of too too autistic for that. But it, I would look actually stupid on dates talking about anime and, and cryptocurrency and talking to Nazis <laughs> online. Like I look, I would look insane. So it's not that I'm, you know, if I, you, if I was not, a Nazi Jeremy, I would be one of Hitler's top soldiers. That's no, like I, I, yeah. I like I snuck into like a very elite. I mean, I shouldn't say this online, but very elite like. Uh, elite a nazi discord like i had to pass tests and stuff to get in right just because i was curious what was going on in there and they don't even, the not even, they're not even really racist it's crazy but um i got in though right i passed all the racist tests right and if i was talking about that on a first date you think i'm gonna get a second gate date no of course not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely bananas now am i being inauthentic by by not mentioning that no True. so that's i mean the first time charles and i spoke the first call we ever had we were talking about getting uh, matching best score t-shirts. Oh, see, see, this is why you're you're true and love. You have true love. We fell in love. <laughs> out here in these in these streets with these hoes. That's the problem. I That's think the, the problem is that people are afraid to go cowboy mode. Mm. I think people should not be afraid of going cowboy mode alone. Yeah, I'm cowboying right now. I thought that was plan. really cute cute the way that you said cowboy mode. There was something sweet about that. <laughs> Look, just trust the plan and you'll be fine. Plan plan trusters get rewarded. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's all you need to know. Does anyone here cute. Use, like, Christian Mingle? No. Uh, and by the way, we got Alexandra Plotnik <laughs> joining us. Hey Alexandra. <laughs> I, I mean like what if it's yeah. those apps that are specific? I mean, I know you had success with like a similar app, but Christian Mingle is kind of creepy. I don't know if it's as good as the other, as the alter as your alternative. I, I just think G Swipe is the best, honestly. If I could think of like any hellhole dating app, that one's the best. Really? Yeah, I thought Facebook was a total drag. I thought it was like, oh no, not Facebook. G Swipe. Oh, oh, straight up. I'm still holding out on Twitter being a dating app. Yeah. So I think G Swipe has more. Honestly. Gio, I have a lot of faith in you. I feel like you <laughs> don't I'm laugh at that. No. no, no, Gio. Wait, no. by the way, Al Alexandra, J swipe or J date? J, J what? J swipe. What, what, what is J this J date? J swipe? These are apps. dude. Oh my god, is it like Jewish Tinder? Yes. It's J Tinder. Yeah, J date <laughs> is the eHarmonyMatch.com oh of Jewish dating. Like you don't, no oh, one uses wow. that anymore. Damn. You have like I don't know. I've been kind of turned off about like Jewish boys ever since Hebrew school. Is that bad? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. There. We have we're gonna have a lot of interesting people in the chat soon. Now that we're talking. About Aren't Jewish men not allowed to marry non-Jewish women? I mean, if they're Orthodox, they're like very conservative. Like you know, generally speaking, they'll want their uh, bride to be to convert before. Um, getting hitched um but secular jewish men generally don't care they marry asian women 
Get lest we forget the shiksa. I meant that's what the I was mentioning. Shiksa, the, the shiksa appeal. <laughs> My parents will not let me marry a Jew. Oh, I, I, I'm, too bad. I'm dating it. We Jewish make great. Person. I mean, Jewish boys make very good husbands in general. They treat they their wives very nice. Money too. What's that? Yeah, well, not always, but often. And yeah, kids go to the best schools. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh it's it's worth looking into. Wait, default friend, you said you're marrying a, you're up not marrying um you're dating a Jewish man. Well, I'm also a Jewish woman, so I mean, oh, there's, okay. there's that component of that. Oh. Um, but this, I mean, my my ex husband was Catholic. Um, I feel like no wonder you got divorced. Uh, it's sort of right. <laughs> I mean, the culture clash was real. Um, I think true. like shared values is really important. Um, and there's mm. something sort of, now I'm really gonna invite trolls, but there's something that I can't quite articulate that like, just like a, a way of living that I feel Jewish people share. And <laughs> it's just, no, but, yeah, I'm no when I went to Israel, I really felt like it was just like me and it did kind of feel like my people, everybody, I felt it was kind of like, unlike in America, I felt like more people were on sort of my intellectual level, you know, not, oh God. Like, yeah. Cause there's a lot we're of- just, We're just, we're asking for it, girl. <laughs> what? Yeah, in, in, in before the uh, all right shows up. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> worry about it. Yeah, they're really already here, don't, trust. Don't I'm just saying go on Christian Mingle or Jehovah Hit This. I, I don't really know what the other apps are, but maybe well, the best way to find, or Minder, there's Muslim Tinder. Here's the thing though, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm not. I'm particularly secular these days, but I was raised very Christian for for a long time. So like, uh, I couldn't do like half. Like I couldn't do like fake Christian. It gets to my nerves. I don't really like Protestants. Um, I was raised Protestant, Protestant, but like you got to be like deep, deep evangelical if you're gonna do, if we're if yeah. we're doing this. Like we're doing this proper, and as consequently, I don't date Christian girls. Um, like I need I need like I went to like Elevation Christian. Not gonna work for me. Like I. Like I need, I need real. Like I, I was, like, I'm Calvinist. Like speaking in tongues, but maybe you could go like mainline Methodist, mainline. Um, a Lutheran. I like Lutherans. Mm, yeah, find like a, a Lutheran. Lutheran. Find a nice Lutheran. Yeah. Uh huh. It's just people don't hang out at a church anymore, really, right? So, I mean, they can't. Byzantium Archon. Byzantium Archon says the best app is Farmers Meat. Farmers meat. Oh my god, there you go. I haven't heard of farmers meat. I've heard of farmers only. But farmers meat, it would be good to have an app like M E A T because I love getting meat from farmers markets and that would That actually would so if oh if I could just order a cat like some cow like You can, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, I'll set I'll send you some good ones. Here, Miller's Bio Farm. I'm gonna post the link in the chat. They have raw milk, they have nice. raw cheese, they have the best fucking raw blue cheese you have ever eaten in your entire life. All right, enough your Miller's Farm. This is what I need. Love, please. Need um, raw milk. You need to you need to give your kids uncastrated cow milk, and that's how you get uncastrated. <laughs> no, this is true. This is how you get big uh burly warrior men. Um, exactly. And strong, fertile <laughs> like me. Daughters. They're not on my look at the chat. They're not on my level, Jewish woman. <laughs> um, but I actually almost married a Jewish woman. Funny enough, I also almost married a Jewish woman. And oh my god, I, I know. I uh, that's going to get you kicked out of several Discord seen, groups. Right? Several no, it's, this is the same girl. Every time I mention someone, I almost married. It's one girl. It's it's the, it's the same one. Uh, and <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> the all the insanity, and also she was Jewish too. <laughs> the battle of the bimbo versus the himbo is still raging. Yeah. I mean, is the, is the himbo still a thing? Is that a real thing? I am that... bringing it back. We're out here. 
Oh my. Okay. But I guess what I want to discuss is what, what do you think the bimbo? Um, I want to do a video on this on my YouTube channel, but what do you think the bimbo identity is? Cause there's so many different definitions, but it seems like the bimbo has a certain personality and a certain swagger about them. I don't know. Like what, what defines the bimbo in this day and age? Like, it seems that bimbo Twitter is like a thing, right? So I don't know. It's like, they, well, before before we answer this question, I just wanted to quickly direct your attention. This is the logo for Miller's Bio Farm. Look at how cute oh, that is, wow. yeah, with the hat. That's adorable. And and I will send you. This is the picture they sent me. The farmer actually sent me this picture uh, via email. This Aww. was the inspiration for the logo. So that you just put like a cat on uh, a hat on the cat on the cow. So it's a good Bim website, Miller'sBioFarm.com. I can confirm Bimbo Twitter is real. Miller's Bio Farm. Hell yeah. Bimbo Twitter keeps attacking me. Ever since I started following, like, the women in this call, actually, are the only ones I follow that are women. Um, yeah, I've been getting attacked nonstop by your followers. I, I Apparently, I keep pissing them off, but... I by our followers? Yeah, no, no, explicitly by, like, the five of you, like, five of you guys. My followers are, like, 90% Arab. <laughs> Oh, uh, maybe not Athena then. I think it's probably my followers verse. It's yeah, definitely yeah. your followers because they're very aggressive. I, just, <laughs> I, like, I know. Going if on? it's any consolation, a lot of them are quite aggressive towards me too. If I say oh, yeah. that's, All right. that's like, true. That's fair. You know? There's a few people after you, Bimbo, that are just obsessed about you. I don't know. It's... Yeah, you got a whole squadron of evil women following one you. Of, it's cool. It, well, like... even evil evil men. Like one of them is this very pathetic. Uh, DJ. No, never mind. I'm not talking about him. Don't worry. No, no, no. no. Well, Bimbo came to my defense, and like all these people who hate both of us were just so angry about yeah. it. <laughs> I, just, Girl power. I just really don't like it when people go after Bella. Like, really. I actually hate that too. That annoys me. There, well, yes, you. Bella's so I, I, I don't want to hurt anyone. Say anything like terrible. Like, I'm just like all. tweeting. I I don't like. <laughs> but do you Bella feel like Bella went on the, the uh, offensive and uh, supportive feet on the timeline? So I've been in her. We know like, that's your. Like, your... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my vibe. Yeah, that's my I mean, meme. I'm sorry. I'll post feet. <laughs> but do, do you go. feel that like the women in here? Do you feel like? that you get like particular heat because you're kind of like, let's face it, like right wing adjacent. Or do you feel like if you were like one of these women, one of them actually the other day, fucking, I was commenting on that uh, Ep Epicurious thing where they got rid of beef. And one of these fucking weird Twitter Chapo irony people, they like went after me. So I deleted the tweet. Cause I'm like, these people are fucked. But like, do you feel that you get more heat than say, like if you were one of these like irony left, like weird Twitter women or, oh, yeah. or yes. Is it because it's there's a suspicion? They're, they're not, like the irony, the irony, the irony left types, like the, the dirtbag adjacent types, they don't really have to do much of anything to stir the waters. Mm. Like they just, you just, it's really easy but the thing is like i'm kind of adjacent to a lot of different types of people i'm adjacent to uh i'm adjacent to adjacent to radfam twitter i'm adjacent yes. to um oh, amy, man. amy therese left calm twitter i'm adjacent to and trad incels uh, yeah twitter i'm adjacent adjacent to all different kinds of of twitter and I, I deliberately, I know what I believe in, but I deliberately do not put any signifiers in my bio because I don't, 
want people to make mental heuristic shortcuts. Mm-hmm, I want mm-hmm. people to make, um, yeah, like, and, and the bimbo thing, to be honest with you, I came in, as I said, not knowing that bimbo Twitter was a thing. I was there because literally my Instagram account, my other Instagram account got yeeted. So I was like, where can I go that's marginally less than serious? I am bored. Everything is shut down in Canada. Um, but, you know, people get really mad when they can't pinhole you. They can't like, they, people ask me every day. I think people assume I'm, um, yeah, they, th- they assume I'm mixed. So they're always like, what is this? ethnically ambiguous woman this mystery me girl (laughs) yeah mystery like literally like what does she believe in i she does not have anything in her bio she's not exactly she's not she's not exactly sucking babcock she's not exactly like you know she's not a marxoid she's not she's not what is she and i'm like I'm going to keep you guys guessing forever, you know, but that's it'll what take I mean. you time to find my haplo group. Like it's going to, you know, to be fair though, would, would Bap be interested in uh, you or any other woman? Uh, so, never, mind. never mind. This is yes, proverbially, hello. proverbially. I know, he, I know he's, he is a strong gay man. And well, maybe, maybe it's it up in the air. They run. Oh, How is it up in the I air? I think gay men are very powerful that way because like, I don't they, think he's gay. I don't know maybe I, you think I he's like you think he's like fake gay no i, don't I, I think he's fake gay i've talked to him quite a few times so i'm i'm fairly confident he's not like i think he appreciates the beauty in uh, men and women put it that okay. yeah i can see him being bi for sure but i don't know if bi is real for men but i think he's mostly in, I, feel as, I think he's into women yeah i, I don't know i but you know but, like i'm so sorry yeah i'm just saying oh, i like everything from to red scare to perfume nationalist so you know that's whatever. a lot of different hateable groups i mean i thought you were red scare twitter yeah. honestly i always thought you were red scare twitter <laughs> that's a lot of different groups that attract a lot of different yeah, forms i'm, of I'm in you... a similar kind of boat um maybe not as wide widely spanning as bimbo but um a lot of people ask me every day like what are your beliefs i can't tell i can't figure you out you know and then they think i'm trad and i'm like no i'm not fucking trad like <laughs> I feel bad responding to you, Bella, on Twitter because I'm like, my followers are going to be so <laughs> evil for no reason. <laughs> it's okay. No, but this totally is weird. Can do it. I can handle anything. It's just, it's fake. I can just turn it off. But and- that's what I mean. Like, the beginning of the show, I said this, that I think, like, the, the expectation, like, it, to, like, any any woman who engages in, like, distant politics on the internet, whether left or right, there's, like, this expectation that you have to fit into, like, some kind of like, I don't know, weird, like only fans grift or the other opposite end. It's like, you know, Teehee cottage core trad wife, Lauren Southern fucking, I'm taking my simp bucks and moving to Australia and all you losers that gave me money for no reason. Yeah. Sorry. I have this particular hatred of uh, Lauren Southern, but um, no, it's like they, you can't, when you can't like be slotted off into like trad woman or, uh, only fans uh i need a whole army of orbiters it becomes really weird it's like and i feel like i don't know in, in some ways maybe it's uh easier as a woman to be in those sort of spaces of contradiction and liminality whereas i i noticed for men 
it's it's easier to express different opinions, but it sim- seems that you wear your identity on your shoulder. Like, yes, I am Trad Cath. Yes, I am a Baptist. I I don't know. It's I mean, like, not really, not for me. I mean, you know, I mean, how, well, yeah. Almost daily, someone's like, "Wait, you're black?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, shocker, right?" <laughs> shocker. Uh, no, but like, you know what yeah. I mean. It's like we, we're not dealing with the same like 2015 Gamergate, 2016 trad trad thought sort of space of discourse where you know yeah, I don't know. It's like, but yeah, then that becomes I, challenging, right? I think it's it's a matter of how we use social media. I I don't mm. like consciously try to cultivate an image or a brand. Mm. I just kind of do what I want, um, and so I, I'll end up contradicting myself probably a few times, and that's okay. I'm just a person with a social media account. I'm not trying to like be a, a mogul or a personality. Maybe I am, but it's not my attempt. It's not something I'm consciously doing. But in I'm a way, it's good. I feel that as Bella. I don't think we need to constrain ourselves it's to a particular my... audience. Yeah, I uh... totally agree, and I think to do so is just. It, you're commodifying yourself and i don't want to do that i'm just a person <laughs> mm. oh wait afini you got a uh, connection problems there can you say again yeah i w- i was lagging i was just saying that i'm on the same i'm in the same boat as bella but my association with charles automatically places me in a box where i'm associated with the alt right even though i barely <laughs> know what that is yeah and it's like i, I don't know <laughs> Like I don't people... even think anyone really knows what it is anymore. But the, strange, but the strange right. thing is that there is nothing about Charles that's even close to all. I mean, look, Sam Hyde, sure. Exactly. But it's just because of world peace and the the kind, the genre of people that used to be fans of it. It's like, just because I'm married to Charles, people think I'm alt-right, which is completely false. I don't identify as alt-right i don't identify with anything political i don't even speak about politics ever um well people people get into their own uh get into their own whirlpools and what btr in particular what we're trying to do is we are trying to bring people in who are going to have different opinions and different worldviews so that they could actually see each other as human beings instead of these uh you know, these uh, these dolls, these uh, th- these stand-ins. And one of the people who's going to be joining us uh, in an upcoming stream, by the way, is going to be uh, a very well-known person in the media world. It is Ed West, who is the senior editor of Unheard. So he's going to be joining us uh, Tuesday, May 11th. And we're also going to have later on, uh, let's see over here. So we are going to have Tuesday, May 18th. That is going to be the future of governance. And that one is going to be with uh, Garrett Jones. And Garrett Jones, he wrote the book 10% Less Democracy. And we're also going to have Mark Terrell. And Mark Terrell was formerly in uh, the World Economic Forum. And he oh is boy. the founder. And he is the founder of Unveiled. Founder of the Satanic Pedo Rituals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, worse. Okay, but this is. But this is. And we are also going to have for that one the Prudentialist. He's going to oh be. Boy. He's going to be there as well. So the idea is that we need absolutely to bring in people who are not just going to affirm whatever thing people believe. We have to challenge beliefs. We have to make people feel uncomfortable. Because when you feel uncomfortable, I think that's when you really start to grow. That's when you really but, start but to. My, uh, yeah. my original question was like, what is this whole bimbo thing in general? Like, at least to your minds, like, is is it just like women affirming their femininity in such a way that is, you know, it seems that it's different than um, any sort of other like 
rural or like post Tumblr Instagram sort of aesthetic identity. It seems like, I mean, a lot of bimbo Twitter I've, I've jived with, you know, shout out, by the way, shout out to my friend, mommy milkers. Um, maybe we should yeah. get her on the show once. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, but uh, I, I don't know, like the, the bimbo seems to be this reaffirmation of femininity, at least to me, maybe I'm making too much of it. I mean, I obviously not as well-versed in Instagram politics as your bimbo revenge. So is it worse than Twitter, you think? Like people have told me it's a leftist hellhole. Um, uh, how do I describe in Instagram? Instagram is the cesspool where basically the impetus is to just sell stuff. Grind, yeah. And there was a shopping bag icon on an app it is it is very much so you, you sell shit so yes basically, that's what i want to get into by the way when it, i have theory my Graham, website. it was actually really interesting and the initially i think the discourse was up here there are still some really excellent posters however there's a glut of like people who are like oh you know they have like a very cursory knowledge like they read the the wiki page or whatever and they're just there to dunk on people. And they're, they kind of, they're behind Twitter. They're mm. behind on Twitter discourse. Mm. Well, like it's like CountBot. So they're about the same. They're like six months behind. No, I'm serious though. Because a lot of the stuff they say on Instagram oh. is like stuff that was said on Twitter. Twitter, yeah, sometimes years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, now you guys are on this. And it's like infographics and like NBs and, uh, just it's like really stunted also people on twitter are a different kind of autistic yeah like <laughs> the threads span very for true god knows how long but and and people on insta are also autistic but it's just a different sort and you, you kind of get a sense that people on instagram are like younger yeah, um, yeah. in some mm. way so they have this like very like they're like black and they it's like they went to they were in dia you can clearly tell they were in dsa on campus and they can clearly tell they may have just graduated oh. and they might have read like one Deleuze book or whatever whereas twitter and, you have like failed academics and people yeah. went to grad school but then quit twitter yeah. feels like yeah. grad students who yeah. decided that the debt like wasn't me. worth it yeah like i didn't pursue a phd because a there's no fucking point anymore and b i mean come on i'm already done my real name is out there so i'm fucking i'm cooked uh -huh. yeah and especially in canada with like, oh god I mean, they already target certain academics that read or yeah. research stuff that is, you know, verbose. Well, move, move to uh, Michael Millerman, say no more. Yeah, no, yeah, Millerman. exactly. I might yeah. just move to New York. I mean, there's so many friends I have there. Oh yeah. In our, well, in the art world in general. Yeah, come on over. We'd be vibing. Sure, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Also, I feel like Twitter requires a level of like intellectual disag well not co also competency but you have to be able to like fight people and be at the yeah, king you of the hill because if, if you yeah you have yeah, to, be able but to fight I, don't, people on I don't fight people on twitter though i mean i've had yeah, you know there's a discourse though somebody you're responds to you disagreeing with you you mm. have to respond back with a rebuttal or contention contention yeah. mm -hmm. you want to like and and it's that's how you keep that's how you get traction i mean um mm -hmm. I do it, mm -hmm. you do it organically. I mean, it can't be like, but if, if say for instance, I tweet something, I piss off someone and then I have to, I have to protect myself. I have to respect, put some respect on my name. You know, they mm -hmm. say something to me, I respond and be, 
But and seems- you know that that sort of person has to do well on, mm-hmm. on does well on Twitter. On but Instagram, see- yeah. you can just masturbate, and then and then like you can your your post is not going to go viral the same way a post on no, Twitter. No, and, 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 and Don Rique, by the way, Don Rique, do you have an Instagram and or Twitter? And what was your experience on these? Do you agree with the sentiments here? Um. Yes, I'm. I'm not really on Twitter. I never really got it. Um, definitely Instagram, and for me, it was more YouTube. YouTube was kind of the space that I played around in the most and got the most feedback from. Building um, a YouTube channel with the band that I was in that I'm currently reconnecting with. Um, and uh, can you po- can you post the YouTube channel by the way in the chat? Oh, sure thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And everybody, subscribe. By the way, I keep. I keep forgetting to mention it. Subscribe, subscribe, and subscribe. Look at all these lovely people here tonight. Yes, that would do be. It. And leave some super chats. We do it for okay. you. But, oh, so it turns out that when I have salad in my mouth, I sound like Kermit the Frog. Thank you very much, Corn Cob. I appreciate that. Corn so, Cob so... is. Oh no, that was uh, Joe Biden's friend. No. Yeah. No, that was Wait, Corn Pop. I, I'm not. I'm not seeing it in the chat. I'm seeing uh, somebody wrote mm. "fly your own plane." I'm not sure what that means. I don't even know. Wait, where did Donrique? Where did you post this? I just. Oh, whoops! I just sent it to Alex. Direct message. Ah, there we go. That's why I'm not seeing it. Because so, guys, that. keep on subscribing while Donrique oh. is figuring out uh, how to use Zoom. <laughs> just subscribe, subscribe, and but keep it, subscribing. It we are, like... By the way, we, we passed 700. We are at 3,705 nice. right now. No, and how much? Five, eight, eight, 708. Holy shit, yeah. Let's this go. Is amazing. Beautiful. Now 709. There we go. That's I'm what I'm talking about. Women. Keep on subscribing. Yeah, we've actually had good numbers whenever you had women on stream. Wow. Um, yeah, people like I, women. I thought, I thought this would be the lowest viewed stream because nobody likes to hear women talk. So I oh. <laughs> made that but joke. That... <laughs> I had to make that joke at least once. I'm kidding. Hey. I'm kidding. It's the, you know, you know, the one where um I, I played World of Warcraft for five hours, the guy sitting in the office chair. Then the, the image below is uh, I heard a woman talk for five minutes and he's like getting up. You know that meme? That was. I'm explaining well, the fucking joke. What am I doing? Um, but no, well, look, I... <laughs> look at the site by the way. Fly your own play records. Seventy-two point five thousand subscribers. Ooh. BTR is gonna get there real soon, my friend. Just, Let's just go. you wait. Just say so you wait. But no, but, Don um, Rique, I'm gonna listen to your music. This this looks really cool, by the way. I haven't listened to it yet, but this looks really cool. Thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll get there together for sure. Um, yeah, it's 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 the YouTube game and, and just even, you know, kind of being in the pop world, you know, pop music and, and, you know, just rubbing shoulders with all these like pop people. It's, it's like, a there are no rules. Um, that's, that's kind of the, the thread that I would kind of, um, draw from my experience in the kind of spaces that I'm in. It's like, once you get in that game of, of just like, there's, there's no rules with how people are making plays and how people are making relationships. And, you know, you get featured on this person's song and then that, opens up this door for this other thing. So it's like, oh, yeah. it's, it's definitely about the music, but it's also very much about the relationships and the plays and that, and creating that perception. And it's just a matter of like, whoever gets in front of people um, because there's so much great music out there, but certain people are just more into playing the game than other people who are like, Oh, it's just about the music, man. But it's, it's not, it's about like, either you want to play the game of perception and like building an audience and like creating a persona or you're just like, you know, just make music in your living room or something. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting the conversations you guys are having about 
um, you know, just like uh, being authentic and personalities. And like, for me, my thing was, you know, when I was in college, I went to school for fine art and um, I was in like, you know, a painting and drawing uh, program at University of the Arts and everyone's like senior show was like hanging up paintings of, you know, like gallery style. Oh, here's my painting. And here's it. My, my grandmother raped me. So this is why I paint this. <laughs> you know? and, and, you know, it was like that sort of thing. And I, I would ask my professors, I was like, well, how do you guys feel about like lying in your art? Like, what do you guys feel about just like making stuff up or like making up a character like Andy Warhol or, you know, fucking Jeff Koons or something like that? Well, how do you guys, yeah. and, and they got, they got so heated. They're like, what do you mean? You're going to make up stuff with your art. You're going to lie. I was like, well, I'm not saying lying, but I'm, I'm I mean, like just creating a, like something that's performance that, artist, performance art. Yeah. And they were yeah. just everyone there just like ripped on me. They're like, oh, Andy Kaufman, man. Yeah. Like straight up. Um, so then so then my thing was like, all right, so I'm going to just lean into this. Um, and at the time I was forming my group, the pilot kids and my little like persona nickname in the group was Don Rique. So my whole senior thesis was Don Rique art superstar. And it was like I just fucking. Mm -hmm. I was like playing music there. I had like uh, all my all my paintings and like my notebooks and all the stuff that I had. Like I put like price tags on everything. It was like six thousand dollars for my notebook, and um, you know I was just like gluing together toys and shit and just like putting weird price tags on it because like it's like value is created from what you decide. Like if you want to, you know, say that your your art or your music is worth a lot of money because you want to experience having a lot of money, then then you do that. But it's like the the whole perception thing is what we're creating as as artists and, uh, it's like cryptocurrency yeah you know, well i was just about to say it's like my, NFTs. Uh, well, even yeah, before well nfts that, but also like i'm i mean i helped make that coin scam that uh taleb was talking about the other day uh it doesn't matter anyways well, uh, but that so, does like that is does like, this have something to do with Do dogecoin you were no you were no promoting a lot of dogecoin recently well i like dogecoin because it's gonna go to a dollar just on oh boy because of the reality but some of the other coins i promote a lot of times my friends made them so like I know if they're like a scam or not, but there was a coin called Scam that came out a few days ago. Nassim Taleb posted about it. He thought it wasn't Lindy, um, because of Black Swan or something. I was like, the Black Swans can go both directions. It's fine. Um, but yeah, you can create value based on perception, uh, just as you said. If you can create the the narrative, this is why Dogecoin has value because in reality, it's it's a inflationary version of Litecoin. It doesn't really have any real whatever. But Elon has turned it into a real meme, and the, and here we are, right? People are, it has more that, stability than Bitcoin right now. So it's like, it's that kind of thing. Like the Jeff Koons ethos of art creation. It's almost like that. Um, who was the artist that did the Prada store in the desert? Who did that one? It's like the yeah. same sort of like the, the sort of the consumption of value is the value itself. It is the artistic yeah. act. And well, it, yeah. Oh, and by the way, speaking of the artistic act, I am going to shill one more thing, by the way. So for those who know, I also create NFTs, and I'm going to have a stream coming up with the lovely Athena and Eggy this Sunday on my YouTube channel. It's called The Left Stream. Everybody subscribe to The Left Stream right now. I'm posting a link to it. And uh, the NFT that I'm drawing is called Muscles. Uh, Gio, you've been seeing how Muscles have been, has been developing mm -hmm. lately. Well, what do you think? We see the Rooster Man over here in the uh, in the screenshot with the breasts, <laughs> with the big bountiful breasts over here. I just here, love that guy. photo of Iggy that you've used with, with oh, Muscles. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, is, that is brilliant. But like uh, so, and, He looks so serious next to Iggy, just like chilling out. 
Like, and the la and last thing I want to quickly promote Pyramider currently on auction right now on Super Rare. It is very hard to get into Super Rare right now, but uh, go to superrare.co slash. Well, this link is supposed to work. There we go. Let me do it one more time. So this is Pyramider, and this is animated. Here, hold on. I'm gonna make sure that this thing gets animated. There we go. Okay, so this is Pyramider, and you can get this one for auction right now. A previous one of mine sold for uh, two thousand five hundred dollars in ethereum so again hashtag invest in love that's all i wanted to say invest in love here, here. i like that that's kind of that's kind of fresh it's better than the nfts you. i have it's hard bro i have a Thank nft you. of uh andrea whatever name aoc's feet which is kind of weird <laughs> i do have that Oh man, maybe one day we'll get uh, AOC on a BTR. Like, where do you oh, think? God. You know how they um, say, like, the when w women get older, uh, then the guys who used to have a crush on them, there's like more of a chance of, <laughs> like, at a certain point they meet up. You know? So. Yeah. No, she's unfortunately going to be the president at some point, which sucks, but it's, oh, it's reality. Oh, man. So you're, we're never going to get that opportunity. I'm not into oh, her at man. all, but and I want her to be my trophy wife, but um, she will be president, unfortunately. Mm, I see. And oh, also, and way, um, Candace yeah. Owens will also be the president. She'll be the first woman president, which is hilarious. First black woman president, Candace Owens. I hope you yeah. place it, maybe. No, here's why Candace Owens is because there's a lot big push on the left for women to be president. Obviously, Kamala. Never mind. Kamala, if you don't count Kamala. No, she's elected. like a vulture. She's like waiting. She's yeah. waiting. But Candace will be elected president, which is going to be ironic. Can and Candace hilarious. has will to power. She'll do whatever it takes, probably. Yeah, like she's got the drill. <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, speaking of politics, on Thursday, we are going to have uh, a stream on libertarianism of oh, anarchy and specifically. Oh, We're going to have Ludwig von Jesus and El Pupo, who is this guy over here with the duck cigarette. And for those who don't know, Havoc and Anarchy was one of the lines from the lyrics of the theme of Knuckles from Sonic Adventure. This is why I have Knuckles in this uh, screenshot as well. I invited a hero, Alchemy. He's also going to be joining us for that one because you know how much hero loves libertarianism. So that is happening this Thursday. And after the stream is over, you are going to see a link to that. Be sure to set a reminder. Secular Satanism. And let all the good people know. Yeah. That's what it, is what it should be called. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. So anyway, guys, <laughs> since we are heading uh, to the end over here, I wanted to get uh, some uh, final words of wisdom for all the young girls who are listening to this right now and the young boys and everybody who is who is young, who doesn't know what to do in wait, life. Wait, wait, what, what who, did you say? Yes. Do you know how many girls, like what percentage of the people who listen to VTR are, are women? Well, ninety nine like point something percent are men. Yeah. So, Based. <laughs> Based. It's like ninety nine point nine yada 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 men, and the rest is women. <laughs> oh my so, god! Terrible. It's a real to it. We have to change that, love. <laughs> yes, you get so many female guests on too. I have five percent women, and I get like I'm literally about to have my second female guest. So. Well, who's coming on first? Like, on the on we gotta go uh, to TikTok. Default friend, she coming oh, on. Nice. Gonna, yeah. I, I think, I think, uh, I think I should go on Default Friends podcast and uh, be like, you know, I'm a Volcel, ask me anything, sort of deal. So that could be, that could work. Um, no, Verse, that's amazing. I love the one you did with Alex. That was great. Um, wow, that, that one got me so much uh, hate comments. Um, the people <laughs> I talked, the, the her simps did not like me talking to her for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. She has like, simps though. Like that's she has many simps. <laughs> wow. Endless simps. Her simps are yeah. never ending. Wait, who? Interestingly enough, uh, Alex, Alex Kishuda. Interestingly oh, enough, the, the one I get the most positive reinforcement from is from talking to a literal self-proclaimed Nazi, and that's Sunny. I still get so many yeah, that positive. Was yeah, I that get was so great. many positive comments to this yeah. day from that video. So yeah, we well, the Sunny versus Janati one for BTR—that's still that's a, our uh, yeah, that was our one. Yeah, that's a workhorse um, right classic. there. My man knows how to make content. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we may get Sunny oh, back oh, soon. I mean, look, Sunny's in school right now. It's still difficult to know what exactly, uh, you know, when he'll come on. Because last time he said he was going to come on, then he couldn't. Some stuff going on. Uh, but anyway, the point is that Sunny's young. and He's got his whole life ahead of him. And we got we to gotta bring him on soon. He, he'll be here. And, oh, by the way, speaking of Sunny, we are going to have two reverse debate streams coming up. So we do a reverse debate stream every other Thursday. Not every Thursday, every other Thursday. And the reverse debate stream that we're going to have this week is going to be uh, uh, Christianity versus paganism. So the, well, in this case, Mormonism specifically, if we're talking about Christianity, because uh, we're going to have uh, Jesse Lucas on. Uh, from uh, the uh, Mormon threshold talking about uh, vouching for Christianity. And we are going to have Aiden Paladin, who is... Uh, sorry, sorry, he's going to be vouching for paganism. And we're going to have Aiden Paladin, who is a self-professed pagan. She's going to be vouching for uh, Christianity. And then we are going to have for the next other Thursday... Let me see over here. Thursday, May 20th, that's going to be transhumanism. And so I got a friend of Janati. He's coming in there. Janati is going to be there... Um, in the panel, but Janati can't actually vouch for uh, against transhumanism because he's part of the he's chair of the transhumanist party, so he can't oh, do God. that. <laughs> so, so there we go. Now we got to find somebody to debate that guy to vouch for transhumanism who's usually against transhumanism. So, uh, any takers will figure it out. I have a few people who I think uh, uh, would do it. Sunny on BTR would be sick. Sunny was on BTR multiple times, and he's going to come back again, hopefully very soon. So that's all I got to say here. Any words of wisdom, Bimbo Uramensh, for all the uh, for for all the two girls that are watching this stream? Um. <laughs> In regards to and what, while you can, please. In, in regards to what facet of life, like, um, like deals, dating. Yeah, dating. Let's go from there. Yeah, dating's good. Um, don't. Okay, besides, like, if okay, here's what I would do. This is like strategy, but I hate. Fuck, I sound like a, such a nerd. But here's the strategy. This is so gay. Um. <laughs> First, you get on the app or the, if you're on the app, right, craft an exquisite profile, a short brevity, but to the point to show that you have interests and you are not selling news. The pictures, bikini, uh, one at a nice dinner, um, something nice, not business casual, but you know, you look like you could, it's like a transitional day wear to nightwear thing. And then, um, okay. When you get when you get into a conversation with someone, try to move it over to text as soon as possible, and then try to have a preliminary FaceTime chat, ten minutes, and then right after that, transition to meeting them in person as soon as possible. Try to have two dates a week. 
This Anyways, might be the first time I've agreed with female dating advice. That's crazy. This sounds like That's the Gordon Belfort straight line method. This is, that is how it works. I have to admit, when I when I was on on the internets um, and hunt man hunting munting, um, when I was munting, I the person I was in contact with lived all the way in Toronto, and I was in North Carolina. And he said, "You buy a plane ticket, and I will be the best host ever." So I bought a plane ticket. I and I was like, I was after I was out of a relationship, so I was like so sad and so so you know so much ennui i was like i'm even if this person kills me and chops me up and puts me under three floorboards it'll be really fun so but i met him in the, within a month don't let people waste your time is the um so is true the, the story lesson uh also um if you want to take out stains uh club soda and uh, vinegar and let it soak and then um that works too also steel brushes very good magic erasers very good for everything i don't i don't know what else um dogs well, what like about to uh to deter predators if you're walking on the street oh fast i used to have mace but i won't remember i came to canada i went to the winnipeg airport and they were very scared they were like why do you have mace um, and they accosted me and they asked me so many Oh, questions. I did. I do have a they question. I do have a question for the women in oh, the chat. Oh, the nuts, the eyes, uh, the nose bridge, if you're a woman. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> like, if self-defense. Yeah. What about the uh, Bobby Hill technique? What's that? That's <laughs> the uh, kick, kicking in the nuts. Yeah, that's yeah. The nuts, the eyes, the sensitivity. Oh, yeah, the only self-defense yeah. a woman can use is a gun. Conceal carry. Based. Based. Uh, yes, that's not, very Can you do that in Canada? No. Can you conceal Canada carry in Canada? Behind, behind. I, I would not stand a chance against any man. I'm like 5'3", 80 pounds. So what am I going to do with pepper spray? What am I going to do with a knife? I'll just get knocked out. Oh, do you remember that taser from Batman Returns? I have a taser, but no, you. I bro, mean, I, I, I mean, stand a people chance. need to understand. Tasers don't stop people. No, they don't. you ever been ta you ever been tased before? You ever got drunk with no, your friends and tased each other? No, I'm scared of that. Does that work? Yeah, it's it's not stopping you. First yeah. of all, what about if you're, a if you're, rod? that that will stop you. Yes, <laughs> that will stop you. Wait, but normal tasers not stopping you. So wait, does Canadian law say you can't carry around a cow? No, no concealed carry. No, no. I know for that's crazy. I know from personal experience. No, no. What if you're a farmer? No. Oh, okay. What? Certain places in Canada, like out in Alberta or like on farmlands, they no one's really going to care because it's just their way of life. But for the vast majority of people, no, they don't have any concealed carry. They have like a lot of laws around. Like if you live in a major city in Canada, you can't even have your gun in the same location as you. So like in crazy. Toronto, you have to like literally go to a public lockup place. You guys have like real animals. Yeah, 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 it's. Funny. Like By the way, why why are people saying f audio? Because uh, there's some squeaking I mean, happening after you actually love. I think. Really, I'm not hearing any squeaking. No, maybe not for me. There's yeah. a little bit here, but that's. I no, yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's Bimbo Urmensh's audio. So it may do. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's no. fine. I'm it's really fine. sorry for all the lovely people who have like in like stayed this long and listened to all of this 
and listen to a lot of us, you know, rant. Well, that just goes to show how amazing you are, Bimbo Rumensch, that they oh, were willing so to uh, forego the audio problems and listen I'm to so you. You sorry. are very sweet. I, Don't worry I, about I, it at, at all. I, I, it is no problem at all. You. you are namaste. You are wonderful. I would love to have you back on BTR anytime. Can I just say one more yes. thing? I want to say it. thank you to um, two group chats, particularly of which Gio was a part of. Gio, um, thank you. It's great knowing you more from PSYOP Tomos of the Arts. <laughs> <laughs> and also the the our, our silly knots bull chat. I have a silly yeah. Yes. But thank you guys so much. I'm going to go you. off and paint you some. Somewhere. Is there anything you would like to uh, promote other than uh, just your Twitter? Because I have your Twitter right here, and I'm going to post it again. Is there anything else you'd like to promote? I don't sell anything for now or any – like, I'm just online. Um, yeah, just follow me if you want. If you don't want to follow me, you don't have to follow me. I'm also on Instagram, but, I mean, it's Sandra Solomon. Um, yeah, I'm just around. And, yeah, have a, have a blessed day, everyone. Bye. Have a thank you have so a much for day. coming. Thank in. you so much for being here. And Thanks. I'm gonna promote everybody else as well, like always, because you need to promote people. So Athena Hyatt, you have a Twitter, you have a uh, YouTube channel as well, and, and an you Instagram. All, you have an Instagram, exactly. You have an Instagram. That's where she's. That's her main thing, though. Instagram. So yeah. So I'll, let me. Uh, I'm put gonna your... give you guys a shout out on my next YouTube video. Oh, thank nice. you so much. Here, let me uh, find your Instagram. Give me a second. And everybody, while I'm looking for the Instagram, everybody subscribe right now. Uh, you know you want to. You know you need to. Now that you have heard B BTR for the very first time, for all the new comers on BTR, you know that this is something that you need in your life. We have MP3 audio for all the patrons. They're the ones who get it first before everybody else does the MP3 version so you can listen to it in your car or whatever, your boat. I assume some of our listeners have boats and those should be our $50 patrons, by the way. So here is Athena Hyatt's wonderful Instagram. Follow Athena on Instagram. Next, we have Bella. Bella, what would you like to promote, Bella? Also, piece of advice for, uh, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Final words. Oh, I have nothing yes. to promote. Um, yeah, I'm not selling anything either. <laughs> Just follow well, me. Well, this is your Twitter right here. Um, yeah, so, that's really cool. Thank follow you. Bella on Twitter. And next, we have Default Friend. Default Friend, you have a couple of things. You have a thing or two to, uh, to promote, right? Yeah, I'm uh, the, the queen of grifting. Um, if, I, if you read anything of mine, uh, read my Substack. That's It's just defaultfriend.substack.com. Uh, there it is. And uh, follow me on Twitter if you wish. Yes, and there's also a link tree. So go into the link tree as well. And uh, next, we have Verse Vers la Lune. Vers la Lune, Vers would you like to promote, my friend? Um, follow me on Twitter, follow, and I also have a podcast, the version underscore number four podcast. It is coming back from its hiatus because of my uh, vacation slash I hate filler, so I'm not going to make episodes for no reason. So anyway, it's coming back very, very soon. Um, and uh, yeah, follow me on both. Up, Here is the, the patron. patron. Become a patron of what uh, after you cool. become a BTR patron, become a patron of version four right over here. This is where you go. So next we have Don Rique. Don Rique, what would you like to promote, my friend? You have an awesome YouTube channel and uh, anything else? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, it's great to meet everybody. This is really cool. This is my sort of, uh, I love this just style of talking where just who even fucking knows what is going to come out. So um, thank you for having me. And yeah, just, thank you for um, coming in. Absolutely. So yeah, the YouTube channel for sure. Um, Fly Your Own Plane. That's that's my record label. And then I'm the first artist, uh, Don Rique on the label. And then we also have our producer, Jimmy Symbol, who uh, it's actually me, um, but he's a character of mine, Jimmy Symbol, and we're launching a podcast for him. So he's going to be doing a lot of interviews with uh, like really big rappers and, and artists and that kind of a thing. So uh, yeah, nice. just look out for Fly Your Own Plane. I shall definitely be on the lookout. And do you also have an, ins you have an Instagram you said as well, right? I do. It's Donrique underscore. Oh, I'll pop it in there. Oh, here we go. I think I found it right over here. Perfect. I am posting that in the BTR chat. Guys, follow Donrique. Here it is. And last but not least, Alexandra Plotnik, a.k.a. Porco Rosso uh, flies again, right? Yeah. Like that's the after the studio Ghibli film. Yes, he, here it is. Here is uh the Twitter. Follow Porco on Twitter, mm -hmm. guys. This has been an amazing journey. I really. Oh, appreciate by the way, if you want my here. new print, oh, my new Lino yes. cut, I did Let's of my good out. friend Joan Pope, one of her photos. That's beautiful, Gio. Yeah, it's called Queen of Heaven. Uh, it's one of my new Lino cuts. I also have a new video I released yesterday about Italian futurism on my and i'll probably release another painting video around the weekend but it, they're bitch to edit though i i hate editing but it's worth it i mean hopefully i can grind out enough painting videos to get like you know normies to uh go to my instagram and buy my shit yes. so <laughs> please follow G oh uh, yeah well i'm i'm during the stream on sunday i'll probably end up drawing either eggy or afina i have a really good nice. photo of eggy i want to draw actually so i would we'll, be we'll so honored Oh, How yeah. many and that subscribers it, do you guys have right now? On VCR? I'm almost at. Well, my Twitter is my most. I'm almost at ten thousand Twitter Ooh. follows. So, nice. but uh, YouTube, I'm almost at the one K mark. So then I could start um, having community posts and everything. So get <laughs> me to one K. No, Gio, you're basically a celebrity. A man with ten thousand yes. followers oh. is a celebrity. How many oh, subscribers I mean, on Break Unironically. the Rules? But we so almost have four K subscribers. Okay, we everyone there. subscribe. If when you get BTR to 10,000 subs, I promise I will leak my husband, Charles Carroll's feet pics. So oh, subscribe. my God. Oh, 10,000 subs. You get Charles feet pics. Oh, uh, man, that's the dream, isn't it? I mean, right now we are at 3,709. Let's get that number up, people. Right now we are almost going to be at 4K real soon. And also this Sunday, like Afina and uh, Gio mentioned, I'm going to have uh, Gio, Afina, and Eggy, the great Egg White, joining us on uh, the left stream where we're going to be drawing and we're going to be doing my NFTs. This is the picture once again. Everybody go into this link right now and also once this stream is over like i said before we are going to have the anarchist stream coming up on thursday so be sure to catch that i'm going to post a link to it as well so this is it and also you know what guys follow me on twitter as well left po i have <laughs> tons of dreams that i write down all the time they are in my head i'm getting them out of my head and it's very important that you read the dreams that i have so you know what exactly is a crackalackin and also lev if you noggin. ever want to have the most nuanced and esoteric pun jokes lev has the best puns ever i oh, mean yes, even I even the picture you made recently of a uh, furry what, what was it furry tiles 
No, 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 no. It was fertile. Fertiles. The, fir the, fir the first one was fertiles, but then I put a cowboy hat on him and I turned him into fertile textiles. So wow. this is the last. So this of is the last tales. version of I can't here. believe it. Yeah, wow. he, he, here it is. By the way, here is the fertile textile. Just, it just makes you See want that? to die. I mean, <laughs> just if you know the lore of messy tales. There's a Justin Wang video recently. By the way, we have to get Justin Wang on the podcast. That'd be amazing. We do. I keep trying to link oh, up with Justin. I'm going to hang out with him soon. Oh man! Oh. Yeah, have, he was supposed to be at the party. He didn't show up. That's wild. Yeah. Alexandra, please, please let him know yeah. that we are big fans. We would love to have him on, and uh, like sometime in fun. June. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell him. I guess maybe. I don't know. Maybe you'll be too fucked up to tell him. Let's be honest. <laughs> really? So, <laughs> I don't oh, come on. You'll be too fuckered. I don't. All right. This is it. The stream is over. Everybody, thank you so much for coming in. Subscribe for the thank sake you. of messy tales. Wearing the cowboy hat, y'all. Anyway, take care. Bye. Bye. God bless. Good.